welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 132. As always, you can check this podcast out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. If you are on social media, follow us on the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can follow me on Twitter as well as Twitch at Serial Sensei. And returning back to the dojo after a nice trip to Florida, uh, doing fun things while me and Joey had to talk about Alexio Linux and, and Overeem. We somehow made that a three hour podcast. <laughs> but. Returning back to the dojo, uh, my co-host, the Antaku. What's going on, man? Uh, what's good? What's good? Um, like, I was in Florida, and you guys got to talk about vampires. So I, I don't think, <laughs> I, I don't think our, our experiences were that different. If if, if we're being honest, uh, you were you were with Florida people. They're uh, I, I was I was with Florida tourist people. Mm. It's a different breed, different breed down there. They're, they're like Florida tourist people are basically like Avengers movie bathroom people. Like, because like I was, I went to the theater. What was it, Friday, to go see Captain Marvel a month late because I figured nobody would be there because I'd rather go see Endgame. And I went to use the bathroom, and it was the worst experience <laughs> of my life. <laughs> I, I don't know how you people live like this. It's disturbing. Hey to to I about to say to to them this is normal everyday you know. I don't know Florida Florida is a different just like. It's like they don't even abide by the same rules as the rest of the world. Like they're their own little the law, like territory. The laws of physics don't apply in Florida. Mm, nothing does. We got teachers with guns in Florida now. That's gonna be a thing. Can't wait till a teacher gets mad and just shoots one of the kids in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. But uh, how was your uh, you know tell listen man how was the 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 Florida experience or the, the Disney experience? Uh, the, the Walt Disney's manufactured happiness factory was very nice. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, I'm, now I'm struggling to remember what I did because like we're not ride people in my family. Some of us have motion sickness. Some of us are just cowards. I won't tell you which one I am. <laughs> so we went on a lot of like the dark rides, like you know Haunted Mansion, uh, the River Ride for the. Um, I keep wanting to call it freaking not what it is, but Avatar in Pandora. I keep mm. forgetting that's the freaking name of it, and I just want to call it like Blue Pocahontas. Um, it's the same movie (laughs) except if Adam Smith was the main character Um, wait his name was John Smith 
whatever. Point being, it was really nice. Um, Epcot was cool. Uh, Animal Kingdom was dope, but I, I, if, if I'm a Native American, I'm kind of offended they put my, like, analogous, like, race of people in Animal Kingdom. You know what I mean? Right. Because that's what the, that's what the Nazi is supposed to represent. (laughs) And they're just in Animal Kingdom. Jeez. I'm also really upset because of, so if you've never been to Pandora before, the people there are not allowed to talk about Pandora like it's not real, like it was a movie. Because in, in Disney World, in Pandora, everything in the movie happened. It was a documentary. And the staff have to treat it as such. Mm. So if you ask, if you ask the staff about the movie, their 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 trained response is to be like, "Oh, you mean our documentary?" Which yeah. is, I could not keep that up for like a full. Oh, are you kidding me? I wish. No. I wish that was my job. <laughs> I don't think I. I think after about the first hour, like, listen, man. <laughs> Dude, are you like just if I get to sit there and play Carney and just bullshit people for like six hours a day, I'd have so much fun. <laughs> I I just go, but like so we didn't go to a whole bunch of shops while we were there. But I, the one I wanted to go to was um, so they have like a memorial hall or I don't know if it's like part of a shop or it's just like a tourist center where they have a bunch of dudes in suits. And like a Navi got like in a picture, it's like photoshopped. Obviously, like they photoshop a Navi and like these dudes in suits, like breaking ground on what would be eventually Disney's Pandora, and it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it, it's basically like if they photoshopped like a Native American dude with a bunch of white dudes in suits, and like it. They were breaking ground on, like, an Indian casino or something. It's amazing, and I'm mad I didn't get to see it. I'm also really mad that I can get one of those $80 dolls where they take a picture of your face, and they say they're going to craft it to the doll, but they just use a pre-modeled doll head. (laughs) And they all look exactly the same. (laughs) Did you get any memorabilia? Any... I got a pin and a t-shirt, and that's all I could take because I didn't bring a suitcase because United wanted to charge me $30 for one. I was like, I have a backpack. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I mean, you know, at least you got out there and enjoyed the, what was, I'm pretty sure it was good weather. Well, it might have been hot because. It was was warm, but, like, it got down to, like, 50-something. Like, I was actually really surprised. I was like, oh. I might actually need to wear my uh, jacket, or not jacket, but my, like, over sweater or whatever. Not too bad. Not too bad, though. No, nah, it, really, it was nice. Yeah. Don't don't bring your three-month-old to Disney. Like, what's wrong with you? Stop. Yeah, they're not going to remember any of that. They're not going to remember, and they're going to be miserable, and they're probably going to catch something because there's it's, it's Florida. You're outside, and there's, like, a million kids. I'll probably get flagged for this. And then we'll move on. But uh, related to that same topic, I never understand why parents give like the one year old like a huge birthday party. Like you do know he's not gonna remember. uh, As I've been told, it's for the parent, so they feel like they did a good job. 
you have your own birthday. No, it's not, it's not <laughs> about that. It's about making yourself feel good as a parent. Uh, you get so, so you can look back <laughs> on that first birthday and be like, wow. I did that. I, I did that for my kid. Uh, and now you're, you're 25 now they're 25 years old and you're bailing them out of jail because they got <laughs> right because you couldn't teach them self-restraint all right yeah bad um, parenting yeah stop giving the one-year-old the birthday party you he has even, no idea what's acknowledge going acknowledge that his birth uh, he was born <laughs> oh man i always thought that was weird but no i don't know that's that's neither here nor there um Quick, quick, well, quick on really note before we move on. So, you mentioned Captain Marvel, so you haven't seen Endgame yet. No, I'm going to see it later today, and I was up, I was supposed to stay up all last night because I'm not going to see Captain Marvel, uh, not uh, Endgame until 11.20 today. 11.20 at night? Yeah. Jesus. I have to, I have to work tomorrow, so. That'll you're be not going to get home until, like, 2.30. The, the, isn't the movie, like, three hours long? Yes. It is three hours long. Oh, yeah. Then the movie's not going to start until 12, and then I'm not going to get home till 3 or 4. You are going to be... So my plan, oh, my I, plan I, is, I, after the podcast is done, I'm going to do, like, two, three hours of homework. And just go to sleep. And then just sleep eight hours, and then pray that's enough to carry me through not only Avengers, but do work, because I have to work tomorrow from 9 to 5. Jesus. I hope you don't fall asleep. Um, I'm, I'm not going to spoil the movie at all. I'm not that kind of person I've, I've seen we're recording this on sunday morning um I've, I've already seen endgame twice um it is really 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 good um i, ho- I hope you don't fall asleep I, mean, I, I we saw captain marvel at like what was it we started at like uh, 10 so it didn't start till really 10 30 so I, I think it'd be fine like what, oh. what once a movie has my attention like bad or good i tend to stick to it the whole way all the troopers. I'm I'm all about the early movie. Oh, believe me, I tried, man. Like everything around here is sold out. Like, uh, yeah, the, yeah. The the price of living in suburbia. Freaking everybody has a car, and everybody wants to see the same movie the weekend it, uh, it comes out, and all the malls are packed. See, I'm lucky. I I go to the trash movies. Well, all right, it's not completely trash, but I I go to the movie theater that like nobody really. You know, frequents the one that doesn't have reclining chairs yet. <laughs> I don't have to I, struggle too hard. I, I, I can't do that no more, man. I've been I've been spoiled. Ah, uh, they got you. These high end theaters, man. I can't even say that because the, the theater over um in Richfield Park, um, it, it used to be like the the cheapo theater, but it mm. had lounge seating. While Garden State, which cost back then at least, it cost like double the ticket price to see the same damn movie with like 50,000 other people um, it only has the standard theater seats mm. so I, I'm, I was just like damn and there, nobody used to go to real show park man I used to love going there because you'd go and see like the hot new movie and there'd be like two people in the theater with you at most yeah I, I mean I did have a packed crowd the both times I went, only because it was Avengers. Any other movie, I can just kind of go in, and it's kind of just me and whoever I'm with. <laughs> and that's that's pretty much it. But yeah, that's, you you guys, that's the go. best movie. It is. That's how I saw it was a next day air. You just go sit anywhere. It was literally just me, my two brothers, and my dad, and I spent half the movie just throwing shit at the screen. I was gonna say, 
to bring this back to fighting because I, I, me and my friend, uh, the that Bellator card that was of uh, uh, Fader and Bador. I mean, I said, <laughs> I mean, Bader and Bador. <laughs> That card we saw in a movie theater, and it was literally just us two, and it was the funnest experience I've ever had watching fight. I guys, if you ever get a chance to watch any fight in a movie theater, just just go do it. Just have that experience. Bring a friend with you, and just it's fun. It is. Just it's great. The Bellator card, you guys. <laughs> you you'll be the only ones there, and you can have all the fun. Right. Oh man, but yeah, that was that was cool. Um, and last note before we really uh get started, uh, from a video game people, um, played Days Gone. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll tell you guys, you know, if, if it's not a terrible game, but I would say, you know, if you catch it on sale, maybe for about forty dollars, you know, maybe 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 pick it up then. Don't know about full price though. Not uh. Played it for about an hour or so yesterday, and I got bored really quick. Mortal Kombat 11 is awesome, though. So go buy that. That's great. But days, right? <laughs> but days gone. Yeah, it's yeah. It ain't it ain't for me. Not for me. But if you like resource management games, Days Gone is your is your jam. Yeah. Go go have fun. You can use a machete though. That, I mean, that might be. It's basically Minecraft. I didn't even get that far to even really. <laughs> I'm just going off of what other people say. I have no idea. Like the, the the first time I saw the thing, I was just not interested. But I I remember that E3 because as soon as that trailer went off, they cut to the crowd and there were just these two guys in the crowd, like just hailing, like just bowing and pray. Like they were so excited for this game that was just released and. Or the, where it was just announced, I should say. I was just like, you have to be a plant, or you have to be really just like sad. Best description I've heard of it, uh, to paraphrase, it's a diet version of The Last of Us. Damn. And uh, <laughs> so it's, it, it, it's like The Last of Us without the story, I guess. Yeah, without the story and the emotions and the feel, and yeah. That's that's pretty much what that was. But I have I have one thing. So I'm fine with zombies not being like the slow moving like George Romero zombies. But I feel like your zombies shouldn't have like superhuman powers where they're able to like climb up walls and shit. And I, I haven't like I said, I haven't played the game, but like I saw the trailer the like one bullet left trailer, what do you do? And, like, you see, like, the zombies, like, hopping on top of cars and shit. And I'm just like, dude, that's the zombie of, like, a soccer mom. <laughs> she ain't doing that shit in real life. Like, your zombie <laughs> should not be capable of doing more than you were able to do in real life. You feel me? I never even thought of it like that, but that's true. <laughs> we're way too lazy to do any of that. Like, if I was a zombie, I ain't, jump I ain't jumping on no freaking car. Yeah. At most, you might you might get a light jog out of me. Exactly. And I'm probably gonna quit like halfway through. Like, all right, man, you got it. Just but, you leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. I'll go somewhere else. Yeah, like these zombies are like they are hopping on some motorcycles, <laughs> like, like moving motorcycles, and like catching up with them at full. I'm like, dude, this. Yeah, what what is like? Does does it just unlock the rest of your brain? 
Right, you so, get the rest of your your hidden potential. Exactly. <laughs> Before him. Oh man. Yeah, I, I don't know. I want that, that was a long intro spiel. That's all I want. With who? Faithful zombies. <laughs> I, I want Grandpa Zombie, who is like ninety years old, and he he wants to eat you, but like he can't because he broke his hip. <laughs> he, he's a zombie with dentures. <laughs> <laughs> He's like chasing you on a walker. <laughs> he still yells at them. <laughs> oh man! But uh, <laughs> that was our uh, random random intro spiel. Um, real quick before we get started, as always, appreciate the listeners, man. Always repost, share, wherever you at, Twitter, Tumblr, um, helps us greatly when you share. Tell a friend. Top listeners of the week. Uh, as far as cities, number one, Everett, Washington. Number two, San Francisco, California. Number three, Houston, Texas. Number four, Pittsburgh, Indiana. And at number five, randomly, Dahod, India. Or Dahod, India. Not sure how you say that. But appreciate you guys, man. Keep sharing. All that good stuff. Helps us grow. Help us out. Text it to a random person. Share it with a random person. If you're in the airport and somebody's sitting there and they don't you know, they're bored waiting for the flight. It's like, hey, listen to this. And, you know, hopefully they actually listen. And then they'll be like, who the fuck is Alexio Linux? <laughs> hey, like we said, man, conversation started. Exactly. Tell yeah. them Alexio Linux, a 40-year-old old man who's, you know. You're at a bar. You see a cute girl. You, you know, you, you, you open the conversation with you listen to the Dojo Talk podcast. All right. She's like, what's that? And then you just slide in. <laughs> We're gonna get so many people rejected and slept. I mean, but it's least, all about the. Hey, it's all about the story. Let's be real. Yeah, that's what it's about. It's about the experience. Exactly. You, you can't look at this. It's, it's you're doing something bigger than yourself. Just, just, just think of it like that. Um, but. As far as fights go, uh, there were actually a ton of fights this weekend. There were actually a lot of, there were a lot of good, this was a good weekend of just combat sports in general. Um, we had Bellator, UFC had a card, LFA had a card, uh, Titan FC had a card. Uh, there was some boxing going on. There, there were a lot of fisticuffs were being thrown this weekend. Uh, so we'll, um, We'll cover. We'll be covering Bellator, uh, the UFC. Um, I'm going to make quick mentions of Titan FC and LFA because uh, those cards had some moments, and I kind of want to highlight them. Um, but of course, as always, we will start off with the fight news and announcements of the week. Uh, not not a ton in terms of substance, but you know, a couple cool fights, a couple of storylines, uh, some good, some not so not so good. Um, but I'll just run through this list real quick. So as far as fight news and announcements, um, at UFC 239, uh, Sean O'Malley will be returning. He will be fighting Marlon Cheeto Vera. That should be a really fun, uh, awesome fight. At UFC Minneapolis, we'll be having Damian Maya versus Anthony Rocco Martin. Um, at UFC South Carolina, we will have Kevin Holland versus Alessio DeCarico. At UFC 237, we'll have Priscilla... Cochera against Luana Carolina. Um, also at UFC Minneapolis, we will have Alonzo Menafield versus Paul Craig. 
Uh, UFC Sacramento has a duo of fight announcements with Marvin Vittori versus Cesar Ferreira and also Benil Darius versus uh, yeah. Benil Darius versus Drakkar Close. That should be a really fun fight. Uh, UFC Rochester, Des Green will be making a quick turnaround. He'll be fighting Charles Jordan at UFC Stockholm. We'll have Devin Clark versus Darko Stoich. Stoich. Uh, I can never say that name right. <laughs> um, and at UFC 238, a name who are like, I was randomly just thinking of the other day because I didn't even know if he still fought anymore. But Eddie Wanlin will be back fighting Grigory Popov at UFC 238. Um, so that's pretty much all I have for uh, like fight matchups, at least for the UFC. Um, and other UFC news headlines, uh, we got some suspensions going, going around. Uh, Paulo Costa uh, was suspended for six months. Uh, apparently it was like some kind of IV use that he did. Um, that story was just kind of funny because him and Yo, uh, there were a lot of, you know, doping accusations against him. Man, him and the Yo, Yo Romero fight just brought out a lot of trash talk, and then this headline comes out, and it's like, uh... <laughs> like you know, it, I don't know. It, it made that, they just add so much extra to that fight, which we're probably never still going to get because... For whatever reason, the MMA guys don't want it to happen. But that was the thing that happened. Uh, Walt Harris suspended four months uh, from Nisada for failing his, I think it was his post-UFC 232 drug test. Um, in terms of signees, the UFC has signed Romanian women's flyweight uh, Diana Belbita and Italian lightweight Danilo Belluardo. Um, and on a sadder note, uh, former UFC fighter Rodrigo Goana de Lima uh, was killed in a hit, uh, a hit and run incident in Brazil. Um, I think he had got in like an argument with like an Uber driver or something. Yeah. I don't know if it was Uber, yeah, something like that. It was, and, it was Uber driver. Um, yeah, and the guy like I think he left and then he came back and hit him and just kept going. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I don't even I don't even know if they caught the guy yet. I mean, he's, a, wait, he's an Uber driver. Oh, uh, he could be on the run, I guess. I, I haven't. Well, I haven't read up on it since that uh, story broke. But that was that was a, just a really it was a messed up headline. Like a, a hit and run is. Uh, those are wild. I've had actually had um <clears throat> way back in the day. I didn't say way back in the day. I actually had a coworker who got uh, uh was murdered by a hit and run. And those are just kind of wild because it's like you, you know, it's, it's you can't really do anything like, you know, it's you against a car. Like there's no way. And I'd imagine he probably wasn't even like expecting it. I mean, I think they did have some kind of altercation, but the guy left, and then I guess you would think he leaves. Like, all right, whatever. I'm probably not ever going to see him again. And then he comes back, and this happens. So, but really unfortunate, man. Rest in peace to uh to Rodrigo de Lima. That's really just an unfortunate story um and then the last bit of no news i have um and one championship gary tonin uh will be fighting uh a gentleman named yoshiki nakahara <laughs> when, I, when i saw the name of this card i was like they didn't have a card named this already um but this will be a uh, one championship enter the dragon <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I saw that name i was like there's no way you guys haven't used that name already there's definitely had that been a car named Enter the Dragon. Um, and then the last news I have, everybody's favorite light heavyweight, uh, Tito Ortiz, he's back. 
really, he never left, but uh, he got signed to Combate Americas. So that's going to be a thing. Tito's here. Shout out to Billy, just... who called the fight they're probably going to make, which is Tito Ortiz versus Alberto Dorio. Uh, Tito just. He just doesn't go away, man. I, mean, it's, I was getting paid half a million dollars to show up. I'd fucking, I'd still be fine too. Yeah, that is true. And to be honest, like he, within his last couple of fights, I feel like he hasn't taken like a ton of damage, really. I mean, what, what was Chuck gonna really do to him? <laughs> I try to forget that that. <laughs> and then like this Chael Sonnen who hasn't hurt anybody since basically. Um, the Silva, the first Silva fight. Um, and who else was there? Like the Shomenko fight. Like Shomenko's a welterweight, if we're being honest. Who just happens to fight at one eighty five because he never learned how to weight cut. And Tito is basically a heavyweight, so that was. Yeah, gross size mismatch. Yeah. So yeah, no Tito. Still out here. Still game. Uh, still. Plenty big enough, strong enough, and good enough at wrestling to get wins. Forty-four years old, <laughs> still out here. Just yeah, he, he's just he's still out here. Tito Ortiz in two thousand nineteen is still a thing, but um, yeah, not 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 really. Uh, I don't know why I feel like I'm missing a news note. Maybe it just hasn't been a busy news week. For some reason I feel like I'm missing something. No one got arrested, so it just feels weird. Yeah, yeah. I missed last week, by the way. I missed all the fun shit. Missed <laughs> machetes. Freaking. Uh, you know what's really. Like, shout out to uh, Monta. Monte, I, I don't know how to pronounce your name, man. Sorry. Um, who retweeted a video of a fight that happened here in Jersey between, like,. I don't even know who the hell was on each side, but this dude, like, this one dude just showed up with a machete. <laughs> he swung, got, like, the dude, the other dude was charging like a bull. He ducks under, picks him up, and just slams him on his fucking head. It, dude, like it was nothing. So the guy with the machete lost. Yeah. Oh, And then his boy, boy who had a baseball bat, came up and tried to hit him. The dude double, double forearm blocks it. And proceeds to beat the crap out of him, and knocks him out along the so, by the car. So both of y'all had weapons, and both of y'all. Yeah, and then then his homeboy who had like brass knuckles on him for whatever reason just came up and snuck the dude behind and just hit him. It was just like, like this one dude got power bombs, like straight up, like I'm going to pick you up and over my head and then throw you on the cement ground, like. Shit is wild. I'm really upset I missed last week because it was like, oh, machetes twice in one week. If 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 you ever have a machete and you still lose the fight, you can never get in a physical altercation again. Like it's it's not for you. I mean, apparently it's just not. Yeah, apparently it's just not good for your health because you can't freaking win. Like, like the machete is the that's the cheat code. Like one swing with that and the fight's pretty much over. Did he swing like down? Like how did he miss? Like dude just went underneath. But like did right. did he swing like horizontal? Did he swing like down? I, I'm I'm trying to figure out. Like 
How did you miss a machete swing? I'm gonna find it for you. We can continue with the other news while I find it. Uh, yeah, he was he was on his uh he was on his Roroni Kenshin. He had the reverse blade machete. <laughs> he, he, he wasn't. <laughs> I just I don't get it. I I don't. I I do not understand how one misses um a full blown machete swing. I I don't get it. Uh, but the the the, the circle back to the fight announcements real quick. Um. Uh, Sean O'Malley and, and Cheeto Vera. Um, how, how long is O'Malley? O'Malley hasn't been gone for that long. It feels like it's been a while, but maybe it hasn't. I don't know. But um, tough fight to come back to. Um, but as we say on this podcast many times, um, and, and a lot of these lighter weight classes, there aren't really any you know, easy fights, so to say. You're, you're only going to get but so many quote-unquote tune-ups. So, uh, somebody had asked on Twitter. I can't. I can never remember people who. Well, they didn't ask me the question directly, but I saw somebody post about uh, what they thought O'Malley's ceiling was uh, in terms of you know think he'll be like a contender or a champion or you know kind of where does he fall? And for me, uh, I I think dude is really talented, but I haven't. I feel, I feel like I haven't seen enough to really be able to say what I think his ceiling will be. But I think this fight will. This fight will tell me something. I think this will be a good, this will be a decent marker as to where he is now and I guess like where he can go. Because Cheeto is definitely going to be, that's not going to be an easy out for him. Um, So if he can manage to come out of that fight, get a win, even more impressively get a stoppage, that would be kind of wild. Yeah. um, Like, O'Malley, he really does seem. Like, what was his last fight? Was it the Terry and Ware fight that I'm thinking of? I think so. Yeah, it, like, I don't, I don't want to compare them too much because they're different, but, like, I kind of think Corey Sanhagen's in front of him. Like, well, obviously he is now because he just beat Lineker, but, um, like, I, I, like, I just like his game just a little bit more. Like, O'Malley definitely has, like, tools and stuff, but, like, like you said, Cheeto is not an easy opponent, um, especially now as of late. Like he seems to have just figured everything out. Um, oh my God! Yeah. Okay, so Pete, for listeners, I'm I'm watching this uh, footage of this fight. Dude is just a in a tennis shop. House. He almost took. Dude. <laughs> oh my. Not only did the guy with the bat lose, he got the bat taken from him. Yeah. <laughs> he got the swing and everything. He still got the snatch from him. All right, so here, 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 here's the context of this fight. Albeit the guy is, I feel like he's a lot bigger than everybody he's fighting, but it's still no excuse. I mean, the guy who had the bat is about the same size. Yeah, and he, he literally strong-armed the bat out of his hands. My favorite part is the guy who literally, like, after he gets, like, slumped, he stands up and runs away. <laughs> oh, my God. He slammed him. Like, this was, like, the same slam that Perry hit, um, hit Cowboy with. <laughs> he just picked him. Oh, my God. I, I normally don't. 
I, I try not to watch videos like these, but this is actually fascinating. No, we need to like, get that dude a, like a contract. Yeah, this guy needs to go into a gym because for one, that slam was perfect. Um, for two, he obviously has great strength because he just literally manhandled a bat out of somebody's hand. I think that dude, after he swung the bat, realized he messed up. <laughs> yeah, well, he should he should have just let go of the bat because he kept holding it on. Like, I need this. He should have just started swinging. This fight was a three-on-one for a good... He didn't really need his friends to help him. He really did not. He, he, <laughs> he went in there and cleaned he house. Was handling, he was handling all these dudes. The dude walked in like he was Steve Austin during the invasion <laughs> and just whipped everybody's ass. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, listen, people. We we always say anytime punches or kicks are being thrown, we'll be there to talk about it. It don't matter what sport it is. This ain't even a sport. This is real life. This is real life. Them machetes, <laughs> baseball bats, and like brass knuckles and shit. Right. <laughs> Jesus. All that was All missing right. was a grenade and a Brazilian flag, and you right. have cowboys whole Christmas all wrapped up. <laughs> Yeah, that was crazy. But um oh, I forgot. What were you saying something about O'Malley and uh and uh and Cheeto? Uh it's gonna be a tough fight for O'Malley. Like he I, I think he has the athletic edge. Um I don't know. I don't know. like I, I I haven't sat down to really examine what makes O'Malley work. Like I, and the last, it's been a minute since I've seen them last fought, so um, and Cheeto's been pretty active. Yeah, and, and Cheeto's been out here, like like you said, like putting on really solid performances. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm probably leaning a little bit towards Vera, like just just yeah. based on like consistency and like O'Malley. O'Malley's coming off that injury, and you know who knows what he's like after the drug test. Uh, you know, you this is a fight that I could imagine O'Malley having like a good first round. And then eventually Cheeto might just find him. Yeah, he gets figured out or something. Yeah, I, I could see that fight going that way. But regardless, it's, it's going to be that's going to be a fun one. That's that's going to be a really fun fight. I, I do think um, O'Malley has advantages in like three uh, in three round fights over people just because he gets off to such a fast start. Like he is he is out the gate just confident and swinging and moving and dancing away. Like and like for someone who's a little bit more methodical. With his approach, um, you know, you you end up dropping a round. You only have two rounds to work with, so that that's where my hesitation comes in. We'll see though, and that card in general, that um, that UFC two thirty nine, from what I remember, that clock, that that card is pretty uh, some good violence going on on that card. Is, is that, that might be? Is that the one where we're gonna see a man who hasn't won? Oh, no, okay, it's the John Jones Santos fight. All right. Solid. I thought it was for some reason it's the one they were targeting um, DC Brock Lesnar. I was about to say the man who hasn't won a fight in 10 years. <laughs> I, this is kind of random and I want to go off on a side tangent. But I have realized that I think the last like three pay-per-views that I've paid for were all John Jones fights. You paid for Smith. Jones, yeah. Yes, you're, I did. You're one of those people who made it a success. <laughs> and like, I get it. Like, John is a John. John is John. He's a. 
I, I can't vouch for the dude as like a person, but I'll be his fights fascinate me. Like I, I like I can't even lie. Like his fights for me are just I I have to watch. And I, I he he's one of the few guys that like when he fights I'm like I don't. It's not that I all right I don't want to incriminate myself on here, but let's just say um, I'm willing to pay the price because I don't I don't want to miss anything. I don't want something to go wrong while I'm trying to watch it. I don't want any incidents like we had on this podcast when I was trying to watch. I forgot what fight that was. Oh my was. god! Yeah, and you <laughs> shut down your computer. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want any of those. Uh, I don't want any of those going on. So yeah, he's one of those guys that, and I. Just, I feel like for some reason, like when he, um, whenever the moment happened, if if he ever loses. I want to make sure that I see this in real time. I want it to be where, like, I'm watching and my stream freezes. <laughs> like, I want to experience this with everybody else. But, yeah, I don't know. John Jones lately, he's been the only guy who I go out of my way to. I would have paid for a Poirier. Oh, you know what? Let me shut up. Um, <laughs> I was about to out myself real quick. <laughs> but, no, that's, that's, uh, that's it for news and notes. Let me be quiet before the feds come take me away <laughs> but, um so yeah guess we can get started with um let's get started with some fights like i said man a lot of a lot of fisticuffs got thrown around this weekend um i want to start off with some of the smaller cards real quick just to kind of get them out of the way um and then we'll we'll move on to bellator and you know obviously the ufc card um so real quick um quick shout outs to titan fc 54 um, they had a car that went down on Friday, which luckily for me, I was able to watch because I took off uh, on Saturday so I could see Endgame, so I could stay up late Friday night with all the rest of the cool kids. So I could just stay up and watch fights all night. Um, so I, I watched some of Titan FC. Uh, some of it I missed in real time because I eventually switched to LFA, and then I went back and watched the fights I missed the next morning. Um, but just wanted to highlight this card because it did have some significance um, for anybody who didn't watch the event. Um, a lot of UFC heads were in attendance at this event. Uh, Dana White was there. Um, I think Amanda Nunes was there. A lot, a lot of the big names came out. Uh, and Dana White was scouting for uh, fighters to come on the Contender Series. Um, so uh, some of the fighters that ended up getting uh, called up from what I read, uh, I'm just going to mention three fights. These are pretty much the three main ones that I was interested in. Uh, we had Herbert Burns versus Luis Gomez. Uh, Herbert Burns won his fight, uh, so we will be seeing him in the Contender Series. His fight was actually really dominant. He just kind of went in there real quick and got a rear naked choke and got Gomez out of there. Uh, so he will be eventually on the Contender Series, so just you know remember that name. You heard it here first. Uh, also on the same card, we had Rafael Alves versus Felipe Douglas. Um, I can't remember if this was... Yeah, this was for the uh, lightweight title. Uh, Alves uh, won via. Doo -doo -doo. I don't remember these fights at all, but I watched them. Yeah, he won via TKO. Yeah. Um, oh, was this the one? I'm trying to remember the actual KO. I can't remember. This was a good fight. I remember this fight being entertaining, though. Um, and then I think the next day I read that he uh, got the call up to the contender series as well. Um, and then kind of what ended up becoming the story of the night. Uh, the main event, which was for the featherweight title, uh, Jason Soares versus Ariston Franca. Um, 
I wasn't I wasn't really I wasn't really familiar with anyone on this card, but I just watched it because I you know when I turned to it, it was like oh Dana White's in the crowd, he's scouting. So I just wanted to see like if anybody was really going to stand out or not. But uh, the story that I've heard about Jason Torres was that he's been a guy. Uh, he is currently undefeated. Uh, after that night, he uh, went on. He's now thirteen and zero. The story on him was apparently that he's pretty much been on the fringe of like being in a major organization and that I think he may have actually turned down other organizations because he heard that the UFC was eventually going to, you know, come look for him. And I guess he just kind of, I ain't going to say it soon, but I, I guess he kind of wanted to wait out all those other opportunities to see if, you know, the UFC was going to actually give him a shot. And a lot of people felt that he would get a shot had he won. I mean, if, you know, if he would have put in a good performance, and he goes out here, he puts on a pretty good performance. I will say it probably, it wasn't as quote-unquote exciting as the other two, but I don't, I, I tend to not put a lot of stock, not not a lot of stock in it was an exciting fight, because just because your fight was exciting, it doesn't mean that you're, you know, good. Not, not to say that Alves and Burns aren't good, but I like Torres, I like Torres's fight because to me he showed that he was really well-rounded, and he actually got put in a really bad spot um, in round, I can't remember if it was round three or four, where he actually got rocked with a knee. Um, and he came back and still, you know, won the fight. Whereas a lot of guys, you know, that could have been over. Like, you could have been dominating for all those rounds, get caught with the knee, and then we never hear from you again. Um, and that's, to me, like, kind of what I look for in prospects. Like, it's easy to look good when things are going good, but how do you look when, you know, it's not in your favor, so to speak. But he goes out. He, he gets a, a pretty impressive win, at least I thought. But apparently he did not get the call. So, I don't know. Ho- hopefully, uh, I don't know. At this point, uh, for, like I said, from the story that I heard, people are just kind of like, they don't know what else that they think he really, like, needs to do, like, <laughs> to get a, a call to the UFC. So, I don't know. Maybe Bellator can snatch him up. Um, they could always use some, some new fresh faces at 45. Um no, no, hopefully he ends up somewhere because he, he does look like a he looks like a guy who I could see at, at bare minimum. I could see him at making Bellator's roster, at least like he could be somebody there who could, you know, potentially go there and maybe maybe do some things. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know, like you said before, like Dana just likes scrappers. If you if can go out there and butter a guy or you could be like a Brandon Davis and just like put on a fun fight. That's really what he mainly looks for, which is why with the contender series. Um, it's mostly bit like the the good fighters who come out of that series. They're they're mostly like McMaynard and Sean Shelby guys who like oh, we know who's hot on the regional scene or we know who's like good and who trains where, and they you know they they have their eyes you know constantly on just out there looking for people, um or at least at the least they're paying attention to what's happening like Dana like. For whatever it's worth, I, 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 he's probably not the best judge of talent. Um, so, like, when he goes to, like, uh, when, when he goes and does, like, the, or the, was it Dana White's looking for a fight, dude? Like, that's why so many of those dudes, like, just did not pan out the way people wanted them to. Like, besides the accelerated matchmaking, it was just, like, Dana picks guys who he thinks are going to be fun. That's all he really cares about. Um, all right. Yeah. But fun, fun a lot of times doesn't really equal like longevity and, or even, you know, good. Um, yeah. 
and a lot of them are still like really green. Like to me, when I watch Sora's fight, albeit you know, but thirteen years old is a pretty decent amount of experience. But just like looking the way that he like responded to the situations he was put in, to me that this seems like a guy like he's been here before. He kind of knows, he knows what this is. Like he was able to get out of that bad spot and still come back, and uh, he, he pounded Franca's face in <laughs> when he got that win. That was just some nasty ground and pound. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you you, you got to look for the total package when you're scouting these these new guys because, like I said, it's it's easy to look good when when everything's going your way when you're not really meeting a ton of resistance. But some of those guys, you know, they get hit in the mouth for the first time. Obviously not literally, but you got you guys get the point. Like they they take that first hard that that first hard hit, and they realize like, oh, I'm I'm with the big boys now, and they kind of don't, you know, they they start looking real mediocre. So, I, I don't know. But shout, shout out to Jason Torres. That's still their, their 45-pound champ. Hopefully, he finds himself in some some bigger organization. I'm sure um, Shelby and Maynard have him on their list of guys if uh, if somebody gets hurt and they need a, a quick, fit, uh, quick fix replacement. And that's basically how everybody gets to UFC nowadays. So Yeah, I'm about to say half, <laughs> half the guys who... I feel like that's how the LFA thing goes now. Like, you win a belt in LFA, and they just need a quick replacement. And they're like, hey, you want to fight on, you know, seven days' notice? Right, right. We'll have fun. Um, and speaking of LFA, uh, also want to highlight their card, LFA 64, which went down also on Friday night. Um, well, I had to catch this because I've been missing LFA cards a lot recently because I have to wake up early Saturdays normally. But since I didn't have to work this Saturday... Um, I went and watched this. As always with LFA, pretty good card. You're going to get a lot of action, uh, normally a, a good, decent amount of finishes. Um, I'm just going to headline uh, or mention the main event, uh, Harvey Park versus Demarcus Jackson. Um, this is a really fun fight, a fight in which it looked like, from, from what I know, and I, I could be wrong because I haven't really kept an eye on either of these gentlemen, but it seemed like Jackson had a lot of the hype coming into this fight. Um, I've seen some of his other highlights, and he has been out here just kind of wrecking shop. Really athletic, really powerful 155er. Um, and he, he took it to Harvey in, in that, uh, well, I don't say that the fight only lasted one round, but <laughs> for a good portion of this fight, he was kind of pushing it on Harvey. But Harvey just stayed calm, stayed composed, and when he got a chance to, to pick his shot, he, he, he picked it. And <laughs> he... He got uh he got Demarcus out of there, um so he's there, lightweight champ. I don't know about him getting UFC call. Like we said, these a lot of these guys end up just getting called on short notice. But congrats to Harvey Park though. That was a that was an awesome finish. And you guys go back and watch LFA 64. LFA always puts on pretty good cards. Um and go back if you have Fight Pass, go back and watch uh Titan FC 54. At least uh the three fights we mentioned: Herbert Burns. Uh, versus Luis Gomez, Rafael Alvarez versus Felipe Douglas, and Jason Suarez versus Ariston Franca. Uh, those were all really good, uh, entertaining fights to watch. So that's uh, pretty much it for Titan and LFA. Now to move on to the, uh, I guess the, the headliners of the evening, so to speak. Uh, let's just start with some, some Bellator. Bellator 220 uh, went down yesterday. Uh, competing with the UFC and playoff basketball, <laughs> which is in in full swing 
Nah, my spurs are gone, though. I We're mean, out of here. If Twitter and Tumblr were any type of indication, we might be the only people who watched episode 220 yesterday. Probably. probably. I, I saw, I, I was happy to see a lot of people on my timeline who, if they didn't watch the entire Bellator card, they did at least uh, watch Bendo's fight, which made me happy. I'm glad they're not like the only Bendo fan who's still out here, who still has hope for one last title run. <laughs> My favorite were the people who tweeted about the main event. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, guys, let's um, <laughs> yeah, let's let's get this started. Oh, Bellator 220 um went shit, down. Man. The card was good. Even the main event was fine, but the aftermath. Uh... Yeah, like that. Listen, man, we 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 poke fun at Bellator, and it's I think our reasons are valid. Like Bellator is just it's one of those organizations that just there are only things that just seem to happen in Bellator. Like they just have their own. It's like they don't, like like we said with Florida, like they're like the Florida of MMA. They just kind of operate on their own little, they're in their own little world, and things just don't seem to add, add up, <laughs> make any sense. Right. It's just it's, it's just this random random occurrences of things that should not happen, but somehow if Bellator will find a way to make the abnormal normal, um, that's just what they do. So the fight, uh, the card was headlined by Rory McDonald and John Fitch. Uh, this is a part of the Bellator welterweight tournament that's been going on for like the past year or so. I forgot when it started. Uh, it, wait, no, it's not, it hasn't been that long, has it? I want to say it was yeah. in the fall. All right, maybe it hasn't been. I don't know. I feel like it's been long. I it it like, feels like forever, though, because Bellator yeah, the tournaments are a year long, apparently. Yeah, the fights get kind of spaced out. Like, Neiman Gracie's been waiting a while to figure out who he's going to fight. Well, <laughs> but, that's in part because Bellator decided that, oh, I remember when it started. It started the same day that Rory McDonald last fought when he got his face destroyed by uh, Gegard Masasi. Yeah. So that's why this tournament feels so stressed out. Because yeah. we've been waiting around for Rory McDonald's face to heal up. Which, you know, I ain't going. You know, I ain't gonna blame him for that. He, he got a, you know, y'all saw the fight. <laughs> but uh, Roy, Roy and Fitch. Um, I was jokingly this entire time, well, jokingly and like halfway serious, picking Fitch for the upset. Um, mostly because I, and it's weird. I, I almost feel like Roy kind of halfway confirmed my thoughts and theories in his post fight, which we'll get to because that's a whole story within itself. But I feel like ever since pretty much like his entire like post UFC career, like he just hasn't really been that same guy to me. Like, don't get me wrong. He's still really good. He's still talented. But like there's something there's something missing. And you you could attribute it to uh, the, the man, for one, has been fighting professionally since he's like 16. So I get it. You see his age and you're like, oh, he's really young. But in terms of fight mileage, like he's dude, been he's, fighting for 15 years. Yeah. Kind of like the, the Jordan Mean grind where you look at Jordan Mean's age and you think like, oh, this guy can fight for like another eight years. But you see how long he's been fighting and it's like, oh, all right, I get it. Like you, your body's probably pretty worn out. So part of it, I, I attribute it to that. And to me, it just, 
something just seemed a little off about him. Um, but he started off his fight pretty aggressive. I think out the gate, he like pretty much marched up to Fitch. He started to throw hands. I was like, oh, God, Fitch is about to get KO'd, and I'm going to look stupid. Um, but uh, <laughs> this fight was just really... It was really interesting to watch. It was definitely a John Fitch kind of fight where John Fitch just, he kind of goes into zombie mode and you can hit him as many times as you want and he kind of just keeps, <laughs> he just kind of keeps plotting forward. And I have to give him a lot of credit for that, man, because he ate some shots, but the man just, he was super relentless. Like he just never, he just never stopped. And to be how old Fitch is almost forty, right? Fitch is right here. Uh, he is he is forty one years old. Yeah. To be able to, and I'll be it. Fitch didn't land anything like super crazy. He's not the most, you know. You you guys, if you know Fitch, you you know how Fitch get down. <laughs> but to be able to like keep that kind of pace, because he just was nonstop. Albeit, like I said, it wasn't super exciting, but I was kind of just, I ain't gonna say I was on my seat, but I was interested, like, is he really gonna pull this off? Because there were, there were rounds where McDonald would get the better on the feet, but Fitch was doing really good with just controlling the fight, because he would actually end up getting a takedown, and, you know, he was working, trying to get positions, he, he was, he was, he was, there, the effort was there, I'll, I'll, I'll say that, um, and I wasn't really scoring the fight while I was watching, but I would say around when I got to like the fourth and fifth, I was like, I don't know. The judges might, I could somehow see this being a split and going to Fitch. <laughs> and then the world just explodes. Um, because I, I thought, I did think, I thought Fitch put on like a pretty, all things considered, a pretty decent performance um, for, for, the, for the better half of five rounds. So we get to the judges and... I knew shenanigans were going to happen because after the bell rung for the fifth round, I don't know if you noticed, but it took them a long time to to get to the announcement. And I was like, oh boy, it's coming. They're about to drop the bomb on us. So my thought was split decision fit. But uh, we got the scores. I will read them. Uh, We got a scorecard of 46-48, 47-47, and 47-47 which uh, the fight was labeled a majority draw, but due to the tournament rules, um, a draw means the champion still wins. Because I guess, so, you know. they pulled out their ass, right? Like, that, that, like, that was not an... Ex- I don't for a minute believe that was an established rule unless somebody can, like, forward me the, this information. Because I, I understand Rory keeping his title. I don't understand him advancing in this Grand Prix. I wonder if, and My, hopefully they had a little bit of foresight. Um, maybe, well, I, I don't really know how any of that works. Like, if you can even do that. But, like, maybe they just figured in the event of a draw, we need to have, like, a fail-safe you know, we need we need to have something in plan that's not going to hold up the tournament any longer. And I, I, the way the announcer described it, which I, I guess I get, and I don't even know if they were saying that this was like an official, but I guess it was just a mindset, like, and that they took it literally, like, to be the champ, you have to beat the champ, and a draw is not beating the champ. So, <laughs> and, 
in, in some roundabout way, that means the champ, he, he doesn't win, but you didn't beat him. So I guess you don't get to advance. I, I guess that's how that kind of works. Not hundred <laughs> percent. My, my question, but uh, oh, you can keep them out. Not Christian Roos. Like as much as the tournament, the tournament will be virtually champion. Or what? But the tournament is not the championship. You know what I mean? Right. So should become. This rule come from because <laughs> if, if this had been, um, like if this had been Paul Daly and My, uh, Michael Venom Page, who would have advanced then? Mm-hmm. Why don't they just do like sudden death run? Oh, if I say sudden death, I'm in using video game terminology, but so I'm just gonna go on the limb here and say. It took so long for them to read off the scores because they went to Coker and Coker had to decide. What to do. <laughs> it was just like, uh, draw goes to the champion, winner, winner, he advances. I, I don't want John Fitch in my tournament anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that is a valid question though. Had that happened in another fight that wasn't for the belt, like on the other side of the bracket, who would have? Yeah. Because to me, I just I don't I just, just do a sudden death round. Like at that point, like. I, I think I, I think I, I really think it was just Coker didn't want to do that. Went to him to ask. Either they went to him to ask, or the 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 fans like commission would not allow like a sixth round in MMA. Like I, I get, maybe if it was like a fourth round, like you know it was a three round fight and it was a fourth round, but like yeah, I can see maybe maybe like on behalf of the athletic commission they're trying to protect the fighters that that could be like a health well like maybe they concern maybe, or like, yeah like maybe there's just not a thing they can do at least they don't have anything built in for like if there's a draw because like if you remember when you have the ufc did the flyweight tournament they were supposed to go to the southern death fourth round so like we know they can do sudden rounds to the athletic commission uh sudden death rounds to the athletic commission but we don't know if they can do like do it for tournaments yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if anybody listening, by chance, if you if you guys know the rules or understand the well, the Bellator's rules, that's the thing. Like the, in terms of like what happens if you draw, who moves forward? Like, okay, you don't want to. You don't. Rory keeps the belt. Why don't they just run it back? And I really feel like the answer is Colgan does not want that because he does not want John Fitch winning the belt and then winning this tournament because then it's just a gigantic waste of time for everybody involved. I'll say that that and if I'm Neiman Grace, he's like, all right, bro, I've already been kind of sitting here, you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, yeah, it, it puts the guy on the other side of the bracket kind of in a bad spot because now he's just sitting here and not like, oh, now you guys got to fight again and now I'm just kind of sitting here doing nothing and. You know, so I, I I get the the mindset of we need to keep this tournament pushing along, but I, and like I said, we we we're not in Bellator, so we don't know like the inside. We don't know how a hundred percent how all of this works. But I, I would just hope that like before they even started the tournament, like you needed to have rules. You, you you need to think wor- rules and worst case scenario. And this is one of the worst case scenarios. Like all right, if we have a draw, what do we 
And maybe, maybe this was it. I don't know. Maybe this was the plan. But like you said, th- that plan doesn't make sense if this fight isn't for a title. Like if Daily, you know, if, if Daily MVP was a draw, what, what would they have done? So, yeah, you, you, yeah, you got, you got to think worst case scenario when you have a, a tournament like this going on. I wonder if PFL, um, because they're like all you know strictly. Well, I think they got, like they have the point system, so like I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they yeah they kind of avoid that. Yeah, I, 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 say avoid, I don't know. But... I don't know if what happens with, once they move down to like eight or four people or whatever, because I think this this year they're doing eight man tournaments instead of sixteen man tournaments. So. I I I don't know if it's like the same concept with the point system, but um, like, probably though with the point system, you probably avoid. It's it's probably a least likely outcome, right? right. I would think. Yeah, but um, how, how did you? What did you think of just like Fitch's performance? Like how the how the fight went overall? Um. So like I th- I feel like we were like we learned a lot from watching like Jordan Mean and Ra- uh, Rory McDonald like, um. Well, I should say, I I think we learned a lot from watching like Rory McDonald, the Rory McDonald and like the Michael McDonalds of like MMA just kind of burn out. One, don't have your fifteen-year-old kid fight a full fucking grown adult. It doesn't matter if he wins. You're like that if he gets hit is going to mess with his brain. So like you know, relax. Um. And he's going to be burnt out by the time... Like, Roy McDonald, if he started his career at the right time, like, within his late, early, mid-20s or whatever... like He's in prime form right now. He he should be in prime form right now. He should be, like, six, seven years into his career. He should be at his athletic peak, performing at his absolute best. Instead, he looks like he is faded. He even said in his post-fight interview, like, he's just having trouble trouble pulling the trigger. Um, and we'll get to what he said in a second, because that was just a gut punch, if I've ever seen one. Um, like, he, he, he looked bad, and not, like, I, I wanted to, this is just, like, John's bitch is faded. Like, like, he's not the dude who fought for the title um, back in, like, 2008. Like, I feel comfortable saying that. Right. This, this Roy should, in theory, should kind of run through him, but... He, he should handle him the same way he was able to handle, like, Tyron Woodley. Right. But, I think this shows it's just better to be a specialist than it is to be a generalist, even if you grew up in MMA. Because John Fitch has one tool on his belt, but he can do it for 25 minutes against anybody in the sport. And he will not get tired. He will not fade away. He, he, he And, like, he's out here at 41 years old, still able to just take, like, even if he's not able to take you down, he'll put you along the fence and he'll tie you out. And, like, I... I, uh, someone put it best, but like we thought uh, on Twitter last night, I, I feel bad for forgetting the, the their handle, but we thought like at this point, like the the, the kid, like the the thirteen year olds who took up MMA would be taking over. It. We're just learning that all they're gonna do is just run into brick walls when they find out they're not really all that great at any one thing. All right. So yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, this fight just made me feel like I feel bad for Fitch because. 
like and that that takes a lot to you know this job and especially like at at his age you got to think like this this might have been like my last right, we said that last time and he went on to win like the World Series of Fighting welterweight title. That is, that is true. Josh Fitch will be in Brave CF in like a year, fighting for like a million dollars or something. Right, but it just you, you never know at his age, like yeah. you know, the window's closing. Right, like you want to rack it's, up as much. Like this, this tournament's supposed to be for like two million dollars or something. If, if if Fifty Cent is correct or whatever, uh, but like you, you feel bad for Rory. You could tell he was just not with it this whole fight. Like physical down decline aside, like his te- like he did he did not want to be in there, and he yeah. s- he said and, as much. Yeah, I was there, and we'll we'll I guess we'll yeah we'll we'll transition to that. So just to close out, just what happened in the fight, uh, like we said, it was a majority draw, but Rory uh, by whatever Bellator rules <laughs> moves on. So his next opponent will be Neiman Gracie. But the the talk of this fight was kind of the aftermath and Rory's post-fight interview, which it, it was something. It was, it was very telling. Um, to, to be honest though, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really glad he did say exactly what he said. Um, Cause I think, I don't know. It, it, it was a, a really, I'm, I'm all for like moments of just like honesty. Yeah. And I don't think he, to me, like you said, to me, he sounds it sounds really clear in what he was saying. Like I, I'm, I feel confident saying that after this tournament's over, whether he wins or loses, I, I think he's done. Yeah. Like uh, I think he's gonna wipe his hands clean. Uh, for those who didn't watch or didn't hear what he said, um, basically he, to paraphrase, he alluded to, and we've said this on the podcast before. Like he's not, he for whatever reason he's not able to to pull the trigger anymore. Um, and he he went on to explain as much. And even for him, he was like. It's just a weird feeling. Like, uh, I used to come in here and, like, you know, had, like, that, that killer attitude, and now he's kind of, like, not even... He's not, like, that same guy anymore. Like... Like, I want to point out, he said this in the most serial killery way possible. <laughs> like, just just keeping with, like, I guess what... I was going to say the gimmick, but it's just his real-life self. Like, the dude is, um... He is just deeply unhappy with fighting right now. Yeah. Like, it, I, I no longer have the desire to hurt people. And he sounded so confused when he said it. Like, is that just what he said? It's the way he said it? Like, how yeah, he like was raised he, and how it came out I of him? I think he, it almost felt like he, it, it felt like he's probably had this in the back of his head for like a while. And I think he's probably been struggling with it. And, like, after that fight, he had to really, like, sit back and, like, oh, man, like, I really, yeah, I, I don't know, like, I think reality is kind of, like, hitting him. And he's like, oh, man, like, this, I really don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And it feels and like then, he's like, trying to, like. John McCartney there, just no-selling everything he fucking <laughs> said. He's like, I, 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 I don't want to fight anymore. And then Big John just bolt, like, freaking, like, just rolls in and just, like, yeah, you're gonna be fighting Neiman Gracie, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think he had to do that because that that would have been a long post fight conversation. But yeah, like Roy, you know, basically like yeah, like I don't really know if I want to fight anymore. And, and I, I just like, like he he said like his face doesn't like he, he just it doesn't feel like it aligns with his face anymore. I guess he is he was he always really Christian or is he like a born again Christian? I don't know because this is, I don't remember him ever. Yeah. Uh, Roy, uh, Roy, Roy, 
Roy McDonald. Be he, he, stri- he strikes me as the type of dude who looked like an atheist during his UFC run. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I don't know. I could be a hun- we could be hundred percent wrong. I I don't remember him ever mentioning mentioning it before. But yeah, I don't know. He may be born again. Maybe he has been the whole time, and we just didn't know. Yeah. But he, he basically alluded to like his faith is calling him to do something else. something else. And like for for me. I saw a lot of people like ragging on him for it, and I 100% disagree. Like, bro, if if you're not, and I know it's got to be a hard pill to swallow, because re- regardless, you know he's been doing this for a long time now, and we we say this a long time. Like when you've been fighting, it's kind of like all you know. That's a hard thing to just kind of like let go of, especially for a guy like him that who's still so young. Like this, this is a guy who's been doing this professionally. Since he was basically like a sophomore in high school, right? And now he's finally hitting that realization, like, oh man, like um, there's more to life. Yeah, there's more to life than just this. And to me, man, I'm all for that. Like, if 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 you think your calling is to do something else, hey man, because this this is not the sport that you really want to like half commit to, because you're literally like putting your life on the line when you go in there. And this this ain't the sport to really you don't want to have that kind of mindset going into a fight, right? Uh, so I, I would say, man, listen, man, if if you think you've been called to do something else and this isn't really for you anymore, if you want to just hang it put up, it up, yeah, man, you hang it up, wipe your hands clean. I'm I'm a hundred percent behind you. For one, I, I'm I'm always for guys. I'd rather you leave too early than too late. And to be honest, I don't even really say this is too early because, like we said, he in terms of fight mileage, the dude has been he's been fighting for a long time. Um, and you you've had a really good career. Dude has given us Roy's given us classics that he, he gave us what I think is the greatest fight of all time. And in, in the Robbie Lawler fight, yeah. like, and he gave us the greatest like <laughs> the greatest like MMA related picture ever. With him and Ro- him and um, Robbie just standing, staring against each other with just blood, just you know, the dude is giving us he, he's giving us moments that'll just pretty much be immortalized. Like, so nothing to be ashamed of, no, yeah. like, and there was so much pressure put on him since he was young. He he was always going to be the next GSP, and he like he was never going to be that. Right, and that that like. And that's what happens when your country turns out like five notable fighters. Um, like, oh, that sounded meaner than it was intended to be, but you know, <laughs> you, you know what I mean. Like, uh, yeah, like, like those, when, when they find it, when they find a guy who they think can be that next guy, then it's like, and then he's your best friend or whatever. It's it's just, I I can't imagine that burden, man. Yeah, that's that's a hard thing to deal with. But yeah, man, if if like I said, man, if, if you think you're calling to do something else, man. Go go do that something though. Like yes, he's still young, and in in the in the large scope of life, he's got a lot left to live. Um, from the sound dude of it, he's even... smart with his money too. Like he's get like he's getting all these like big sponsors from like. I just, we just, we joked before the podcast about um, Jeff Itch. Oh my god, I didn't say my awesome joke. My <laughs> my amazing free tape joke. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, no, I, wait, no, I, I have to say it. I, I have to say it now, Sensei. All right, let's, the Sensei, let's, ha, ha, how did John Fitch win this fight? 
or how, how did John how how did John Fitch fight this fight? How, what did he use? Blockchaining takedown. Yes. Ninety <laughs> percent of the audience has no idea what the reference. But if you guys know John Fitch, okay. there are three things John Fitch loves: um, wrestling, showing confused C-list uh, reality TV personalities around his very sad single guy apartment. <laughs> <laughs> And um and Bitcoin, uh, I guess not Bitcoin anymore, but uh, any one of those like uh, what what are they called like cryptocurrency? Those cryptocurrencies, yeah. Yeah, that's. But uh, apparently, freaking Rory's into it too because he's been getting like quarter million dollar in uh, investments per fight from his sponsor. Yeah. So yeah, like I I hope he I hope well for starters I hope he cashes out and then he takes that money and goes to start the rest of his life. Yeah, you know you can still train with GSP on weekends if he wants to. And I was saying, and who knows? Like maybe, may, maybe he hangs it up for a while, takes some years off. Maybe he's one of those guys, you know, maybe still just works out in his off time, like GSP, who's still just out here training for no reason. Maybe he comes back and does like a one off when he's like thirty three, thirty two. You know, I, I don't know, but you know, e- either way, well, I'm, I'm guessing we'll unless, unless he just abruptly <laughs> retires. Um, we'll we'll be seeing him against Neiman Gracie, and we'll that, 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 that is, like I I can't get over how just ugh. like this this man is having like an existential like like crisis in the cage, and Bellator is just like here pose for this picture with this guy you have to fight in like two months, right? And, oh yeah, that's the thing. He's fighting Neiman Gracie in like early July in MNC. Yeah. like that that not a, not a like that man's like, I need time to figure out, like my life, my life, <laughs> and what I want. And Bellator's just like, no, you have to fight. You're, you're gonna get in this fucking cage. You're gonna fight. You have no choice. You have the belt. <laughs> yeah. We can't just sub in Lorenz Larkin. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that that's a tough that's a tough spot to be in. Um, yeah, I don't know. This year's gonna be interesting, but but best of luck to Rory, man. That's I'm I'm all for self realization, you know. I, I really hope he figures it all out, man. Yeah, I hope he figures it out, man. Because a lot of fighters don't even hit that point. They're just out here, just kind of. At least I feel like he's trying to find himself. I, I hope. I just. I hope Roy just like like fumbles his way through this tournament, where like he he be, he beats guys, but he doesn't really beat them, you know. And he leaves with like a million dollars. Yeah. That, that's that's the sunset ending I want for him. <laughs> Go go coast off, Roy. Enjoy your your crypto money. But uh, that was the main event. Lot lot to talk about from that one. Uh, co-main event. Moving on, another title fight in the women's flyweight division: Halima Lay McFarland versus Vita Ortega. Um, I mean, good good old McFarland just this guy that you know I can't go fast forward. That that blood at the end <laughs> just. This really got me, but um, so I mean, there's v- a picture floating around where you can see Vader or uh, Veda Ortega's uh, skull. That that elbow got so deep that you can just see her skull. Yeah, well, yeah, she she had about a four or five in, indent cut <laughs> in the middle of her forehead. Yep. 
But I mean, good good on Ortega. I mean, we she, I think we kind of knew how this fight was gonna play but, out. But apparently, like she she showed like she showed out like she she would be, she beat the crap out of McFarland the feet. McFarland's still not a very good striker and still not that all that proficient a wrestler. Um, yeah, like she yeah, uh, it's like she can she can wrestle, but it's like she doesn't have a lot of it's not like a lot of explosiveness. Right, or right. she she she's like um. She is a chain wrestler without a whole bunch of options. I or or, or not options like I want to say craft because that sounds mean because like she has craft like she's very much somebody who's still learning how to wrestle, and that's more apparent when you're a chain wrestler because you have to go from one thing to the next and you have to do it you know smooth and quickly. So like. Uh, the first takedown of this fight, I want to say, was she literally just jumps onto uh, Ortega's leg and then climbs up into the clinch for, like, a body lock takedown that she attempts and doesn't get. Like, that's the type of stuff she's doing right now. So, but, um, it, it, it reminds me a little bit of, like, Cynthia Cavillo, who, who herself is, like, not all that great a wrestler, but she's able to just get fights to the ground. Where, where she's a fantastic grappler. No, no, like it's weird to watch, but she makes it work. Yeah, like she, she, she has enough grit to where she's just kind of gonna keep going for it, and eventually, I'm just gonna get what I want. Eventually, <laughs> you'll slip up, and we'll be on the ground. Right, and then I'll have you in my world, and then you know, right, so on and so forth. But no, Ortega did do good on the feet. Definitely landed a lot of good shots, but McFarland just kind of relentless with the. Just the takedown, just really making it a point. Like I said, being a specialist, like <laughs> I have this one thing that is kind of much better than the rest of my skill set, so I'm just gonna kind of use this, and I'm gonna use it until it works. And she was able to get our take it down numerous times, and then in the third round, uh, she got our take it down, caught her with an elbow. The elbow put a DBZ crater in the middle of Ortega's forehead, blood was going everywhere like <laughs> her entire everywhere. face her entire face was just red from this elbow and then they ended up uh stopping the fight took it to the corner doctor said nah <laughs> doctor says like that's your skull right <laughs> it's like you feel that you feel what i'm touching like <laughs> that's bone right there <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, they, they waved off the uh, fight. So, Alima Lay McFarlane defends her flyweight title, uh, wins via TKO stoppage. Um, good good win for McFarlane. Like I said, able to just kind of assert her game plan. You, 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 when you fight her, you know what she wants to do, and she still goes in there and does it. Um, but, yeah, I would like to see, you know, because she'd be really dangerous if she had some striking going on. If she just, if she was not, not even like a knockout artist or anything crazy, just, just slightly just confident boxing and just a bit more like overall explosiveness like a damian miles style of boxing i think would suit her best right where like damian miles not the most athletic dude either but like he, when he gets people into his world on the ground he is just you know a nightmare yeah and he has terrific uh pressuring footwork which i don't think uh really has and that allows him to get to the fence where it's just easier to get takedowns all right so but We'll, we'll see. Alima Lay keeps winning. Uh, 
like I said, I, I think she's like becoming one of the the faces of Bellator if she isn't already. Um, so we'll we'll see what she keeps doing. But good good win on her. Good elbow. Blood everywhere. Art right, Vita, I hope you're I hope you're good. I hope that cut uh, heals up because that uh, <laughs> no bueno, no bueno. Not not a cut. I'm trying to wake up and look at the next morning. Um, but. That was the women's flyweight uh, title fight. Moving on down to the lightweight division. This was the fight that I was most looking forward to. Uh, Benson Henderson versus Adam Piccolotti. Um, in true Bendo fashion, it's not a Bendo fight if it doesn't go to split decision. It's not a Bendo fight if he doesn't win a fight he loses. <laughs> man, oh man. But this this was a really, if you like grappling, this, this fight was fun. Yeah. There was just so many... It was just all, I mean, I don't say it was all grappling. But, but there were some strikes, but the majority of this fight and uh, pretty much all of the most entertaining parts of it was just these crazy grappling exchanges, getting out of bad spots. Bendo might be like one of the most flexible human beings I've ever seen. Like he, the way he gets out of some positions that I just don't even understand how he, I don't know. Can we, just like talk, how can he, we talk about how Adam Piccolotti hit a dragon sleeper on Bendo? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how did Bendo turn in the 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 was that the triangle body? What did he? That was uh, a guillotine. That, and like he turned, he, he literally I, turned I, all the way around. So he was trying to get his <laughs> back on the mat, but he ended up in a real life dragon sleeper. I <laughs> like. Go yeah, you guys, man, just go back and watch. There are so many. This was an amazing fight for both of them. Like there were just so many exchanges and just like every time it looked like somebody was in a bad spot, they do something just out of this world to get out. Bendo was contorting his bodies in ways that I just didn't even know were possible to get out of submissions. It's like the dude is, he's like impossible to choke out. Like you maybe you can get lucky and grab a limb like Pettis did. You're trying to go for a neck, forget it. He just he finds ways that just don't even make sense. Rocky Johnson just... is the greatest submission artist of all time. <laughs> yeah, right. Just, uh, no idea how he did it. But he did it. <laughs> Wasn't it like his first fight, I think? Something like that. Yeah, one of one of his earlier ones. Yeah. Whoever whoever submitted Bendo Boy, you better get on Twitter or Instagram and just boast. Like I I did that. I grabbed that but, neck. It's mine. Right. <laughs> It's like when it's like when somebody grabs Bendo's neck, like he goes into like hyperdrive. But I can't even say that because he's he's pretty calm when he yeah oh yeah he was when chill. he fights he yeah dude does he does not panic he doesn't and it just sometimes it looks so bad like oh man he's really about to get choked out and then he does this crazy contortionist move and he yeah it's, it it was wild. Was hit like full on like splits in the cage to get out of submissions before. There, Piccolotti had him, I can't remember if it was like a body lock or something, and he literally turned his body around into it and ended up getting up on top. That, that was, was like, the end of the third round, yeah. I like, bro, I don't understand how, like, your back didn't just... Like, give out, break. like, Nicole right. Because <laughs> that... Yeah, th this fight was awesome. Um, as with every Bendo fight, people are gonna feel some way about him winning these really close fights. Um, I'm biased. I'm not going to complain. I, I thought Piccolotti did enough to win. I have no idea how they gave Bendo the third round, but... Hey, wait, uh, what, what, I, my only... 
And I was thinking that too because I, I felt like I, I thought Piccolotti did win the third. I guess the only thing I, I could say, maybe in defense of Bendo, is like a lot of this fight was like I said, it was a lot, especially in the third, it was a lot of just position changes and control, but not a lot in terms of damage. So I don't know. Maybe the only thing I could think of was in like that last minute, Bendo ended up on top, got off like a little bit of ground and pound. Kind of splitting hairs, but. And he did um, win I, the second round, like pretty clearly too. Yeah. So it, it was a really close fight. Great performance from both. I would love to see them fight again. Because um, <laughs> they're both really evenly matched. Um, great, great showing from Piccolotti. And I, I will say from Bendo, regardless of whether you, uh, anybody thought he lost or not, uh, I, I've noticed in like his last, probably about three fights, ever since he fought, um, not Sadawad. Who did he fight before Sadawad? Um, uh, Patrike? No, he lost to Patrike. Uh, God, who was it? Uh, either way, he... He's, he's starting to look. He's starting to look a little more like aggressive. This was the most active I've seen him in a minute. Cause like he he lost the Chandler and the Pitbull fights. Mostly just like even the Pitbull fight. Um, he like he just did not do anything. Anything right? Yeah, he was just yeah. He was just sitting there, just kind of like waiting for something to happen. And in this fight, in the Sadawad fight, um. Why can I not remember the other guy that he beat in Bellator? Roger Huerta. Yeah, the the Huerta fight. Those those three fights, he was going out and like actively looking for finishes, and like just really actually just trying to put it on his opponent. As to where in some of these other fights we've seen, he's just kind of real lackadaisical, and he he just doesn't really seem like he's all the way there. But lately, it, it feels like he kind of cares. Yeah, like he cares. He's picking it up again, um, and that that that. It's a good thing to see because when he wasn't doing that, I was really worried. Like, oh man, we might have really seen the the last of him. But if he can, yeah, like, might really be the end of Bendo. But if he can keep up that mindset of going into fights, like, I really need to. I need to be active. I need to. I just really need to go out and just. I need to show out. Like, if he can keep that mindset, he he might have one last title on it. I mean, because dude is still. I feel like physically he's still there. Oh yeah, like. like like, people keep saying, like, he looks like he's, like, I think his game has been figured out more than, like, he looks like he's slowed down. Like, he fought, um, Patricky. Patricky throws hella hard, and he throws a lot. And, like, in that fight, he didn't do anything, because he just didn't feel comfortable with that, like, that power coming back at him. Mm. Even if, like, Patricky, like, that was the one fight where Patricky wasn't throwing a lot of volume. It's like, okay. It, like Bendo, uh, like it, the the way he chooses to go about fighting safe is really strange to me, because when he strikes he'll go like wild, but when he wants to fight safe he just completely shuts down and starts moving. Right, there's no like in between. Yeah, like <laughs> he's either all I'm going all in or I'm not doing anything. Yeah, like the third round, the the takedown at the beginning of the round um, wasn't really the takedown. It was Bendo went for like a flying switch kick. And got yeah. to the mat, and Piccolotti was able to get to his back from there. Like he's a like we like he's a, a a point fighter, and like he's he fights really safe. But like the way he goes about fighting really safe still puts him in like a lot of danger. Yeah, like how many times during this fight did he just give up his back because he felt yeah. safe there? 
It's almost like he gets a sick thrill out of like, I'm gonna let this guy think he can choke me out. I'm just gonna find a way to MacGyver my way out of this. Uh... Right, right. <laughs> I'm gonna pull a Houdini and just get out of this situation. I mean, yeah, he's, th- yeah. he's now four and three in Bellator, three fight winning streak. So I imagine he gets the winner of um. Oh wait, is Gracie fighting the winner? Or did they do that? For... I don't even know what the fuck's going on in Bellator. It's been a while. Um, he's up. He's he's probably up there though. Him. Young Pitbull, um, though I don't know if they do a third Michael Chandler fight, but they did a third, what you call it, fight, so, who knows. They did the fourth fight with, like, Daniel Strauss and Patricio Pitbull, so. Yeah. He, he puts himself up there. He, he, his name is, I think, slowly getting, like, back in that conversation. Yeah. I I would just hope his next fight, if you you know you want to be the guy, you probably need to get a really definitive win, and either a dominant performance or just like an outright finish. Um, but we'll see. It was a really really close fight though. You, you could have scored it for either guy. Now you you get no argument from me. Right. Uh, but um, speaking of active, mm, this next fight, Lion. Mm. Bill freaking Davis. A1 champion. <laughs> Going down to the most interesting uh the most interesting uh weight class in MMA two oh five where you just you never know on a night to night basis what, what's gonna happen. Phil Davis versus Liam McGeary. I was worried for this fight. Um because in my mind what was gonna happen is pretty much what happened the first time they fought. McGeary's gonna get taken down gonna be a long night it's not gonna look good he's gonna get taken down he's gonna get beaten up he'll throw up some crazy submissions and make me think he's about to pull off a comeback but it won't actually happen nope none of that happened this fight mcgeary still lost but he got out kickboxed by phil davis you heard that correct for the better part of like that's not the craziest thing i've like uh, like that's not that's not the craziest thing i ever heard like phil davis despite not being the most technically smooth kickboxer, like he's still like a really good kicker, like he still has a really nice left hook. He, he rarely ever lands it, but it, it creates space for him to actually throw that kick. So like there are things he does well. What I did not expect was him to just go freaking like a hundred miles an hour trying to beat the ever living crap out of me. Yeah, <laughs> Phil Phil fought like he was angry at somebody or something. Like somebody pissed him off that morning, and he was like, "All right, I gotta go. I gotta let this pressure off my chest." And <laughs> he really went out there and just kickboxed McGeary, just just beat him up. And it was, and this this is the best. This this is like the best form of Phil Davis striking wise I've ever seen. Like easily, best striking performance I've ever seen from him. Like yeah, and all, like all fairness, Lee, McGeary is kind of like the. Deontay Wilder of MMA like heavyweight, except he's not as powerful. Like he's basically just I'm a jab, I'm a one-two guy, who also happens to be really good off his back. Like he doesn't have like a ton in the way of footwork or defense, but like still, like we we we've seen Phil Davis in there with worse kickboxers and still not look as good. Like like the man broke McGeary's face, his jaw on the left hook in the third round that led to the oh, tap out. Oh, man. 
Did you see the um? Did you get to see the the picture that he posted? Oh no! I didn't. Oh my God, his jaw is done. <laughs> well, I ain't, all right, I ain't gonna say it's done, but like, yeah, his jaw was broken. I want to say he, I don't know if he chipped a tooth or lost a tooth, but like he had like an indent on his jawbone. Like, bro, I don't know who what. I don't know who pissed Phil Davis off that morning, but <laughs> Phil was out there swinging, and boy, McGarry ate all. And I think that jaw broke happened. Uh, like, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> like, it's bad. And I think that happened like early in like the second round. So he's just spending like a good quarter of this fight with an indent on like his lower jaw. Yeah. Um, <sighs> like Phil, Phil Davis, like he's in this weird spot. I don't know if does Ryan Bader still have the light heavyweight belt or did he vacate it? No, I think he still got it. Like he's in this weird spot. He's lost to Bader twice. He's not very fun, or historically he hasn't been very fun. Like nobody, nobody is going would ever would ever be hyped for like Ryan Bader, or Phil Davis three, except for me because I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> but he's still like a legit top ten like he, light heavyweight. The, Dude is yeah, he's a top ten like hey like if he was in the UFC, like he'd have fought for the title like three times over by now. In the years that uh freaking John Jones was just partying his ass off. Like freaking he's he'd still be Anthony Smith. Yeah. Uh, and with this improved striking, like Dude, dude has gotten better. He's, like, he's, he's still get, yeah, like that's he's still getting better, which is weird. He's how many years in his career now? Like ten years. He's a decade into fighting, like 10, 11 years. He's thirty four years old, which I, I guess, but at the same time, he hasn't taken a lot of damage. Like, like I think that's the Rumble fight. I think that's the only fight I've ever seen him actually get his ass beaten. Like most of his other fights are slow, plotting kickboxing matches, or he takes the other guy down and just you know chips away at him for 15 minutes. So so it makes sense that he still has a lot left in the gas in the gas tank. Um Yeah, no, like this is stuff he has to do to get people excited about seeing him fight for the title again. And all and, the more uh, power to him. Like, yeah, like, I mean, I don't know if he has like the contract thing coming up where he's like maybe I can get back in the UFC. Maybe maybe they're like maybe with um I guess they're doing Bader Congo, right? That, that, yeah. that, that's next. <laughs> so, or, or um, yeah, better Congo. Cause I was gonna say uh, the Italian Minicall, but Congo beat him. Yeah, he. That's three million dollars on the toilet. Um, I don't, I don't speak of him anymore. But, um, you know, maybe he knows something we don't. And like, there, there, there's talks that they're gonna do, uh, something with the heavyweight title, and he just wants to have his name in it. But yeah, no props to Davis. I'm off a dude scavenging their career. Like, he came in this fight off a loss. He, uh, was it Vedi Nemkov that he lost? Nemkov, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. he lost his split. Yeah, he lost his split decision. Um, in a fight where he didn't, like, he wasn't outgunned or anything. He's just the other guy landed just a little bit better. Um, so he, he, he just, and more often, like, so he came out here aggressive. So, yeah. I, I, I like that attitude. I hope it carries over to his grappling because, like, I think to B 
being successful at the highest levels for him, he's going to be able to. Well, he's going to need able to. He's going to need to be able to lean on his grappling, and he's not going to be able to hold guys like. Well, he probably will still be able to hold that, but that's not going to last forever. Yeah, take take that aggression you got in your striking, put that in the grappling. Like, take guys down and just wail on them. Like he just... did that at the end of this <laughs> fight because he had McGeary down, and he was. You know, once he felt secure and melt, he just beat the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention that. Yeah, he, he finished up McGeary via TKO. <laughs> Third round. Oh, that elbow. God damn. Yeah, he... Yeah, man. He, like I said, I don't know what happened between now and this fight, but, boy, Phil Davis has been in the hyperbolic time chamber. He's been going off. <laughs> like, he, he really came out like he had something to prove, and then but he proved it. Um... Congrats to him. Just great overall improvement on his game as a whole. Dude just he, he yeah. Light heavyweight, man. Like Yeah. Legit. Legit top light heavyweight. Um Yeah. So good on good on good on Mr. Phil Davis. And last fight, uh of Bellator two twenty, at least on the main card that we'll mention, uh, Gaston Bolanos and Nathan Stolen. Um <laughs> Um, mm, I was about to make a bad joke. Now I'll say it. He got stole on. That was, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, this was a nice, fun, uh, you know, two and a half minute scrap. Yeah, you know, a good way to kick off a card. Yeah, some quick violence. You know, fight doesn't last that long. Only goes a little over two minutes. Both guys just kind of come out and. You know, they were both just willing to engage, willing to throw. Um, the finishing sequence is kind of funny because it's like they both had the same idea, but Gaston just hit a little harder. Because <laughs> I think they both they both got hit. They landed at the same time. I want to say um, Stolen landed first, but Gaston landed, like, immediately afterwards. So he wasn't prepared for it. Yeah. and But Gaston, like, he stumbled back from his hit, but, like, Nathan got dropped. And then he got swarmed, and then that was that. That the fight was just a quick, fun scrap until one guy, you know, got hit a little too hard, and it, it was over. Um, but good, good win for Bolanos. Dude, dude, just he's always in fun fights in Bellator. I feel like he'll just be that guy, just Mister Throw Me in a Violent Fight, and and good, good things will happen regardless if I win or lose. But. That was the uh the main card for Bellator two twenty. It was a, it was a really good card. Like pretty much all of these fights on the main card were entertaining. Like it, it, it's just wild because Phil Davis is not somebody you you know, you think an entertaining fight. He he's not a guy you really think of. But that fight was actually like not half bad to watch. I was kind of amazed at how good he how much he had improved. Like top to bottom, this was a real this was a good card. Like, yeah. And yeah, if you guys go back on the the app or the website, um, go back and watch a lot of these prelims because boy, there were some bodies being caught. Bellator prelim, historically, has been the most violent hour, hour and a half of like MMA anywhere on the planet. Like, if you if you're ever just bored on like a Friday or Saturday night at like seven o'clock, six o'clock, just tune in because you're gonna see somebody get slapped. Somebody probably will die. Like it, it, it is magical. 
Speaking of 205, I'll give one quick prelim shout-out. Uh, Chuck Campbell versus Bruno Casillas. Um, go back and watch that fight. Um, a man was kneed to death, uh, nearly lost his life. Probably wasn't that serious, but no, he got beat up. Um, it was a pretty, it's a pretty violent uh, finish. But now, like, if you guys go back and just look at the Bell- Bellator prelims, look at the results, they're almost all finishes. Except, strangely minus... enough, there were two other draws on this court. Bellator going Bellator. And shout out to uh, Stokes' homeboy, uh, Chris Enocencio, uh, who fought Boris uh, Novachokov. Probably said that wrong. But uh, Uh, a quick word on Boris here. Uh, Boris was like, Stokes was not kidding when he said Boris. Novachov, uh, Nov- Novachkov, uh, was like, he was an Olympic wrestler. He wrestled in the 2016 Olympics. So, especially, Stokes' backyard fighting league better than the Olympics. Mm. Yeah, because, uh, apparently Chris is a, uh, he was the, they said the trainer? He, he, he was one of the participants. Oh, yeah. So, Chris, uh, yeah, you you beat an Olympian. We we didn't get to watch the fight because this was a part of the post limbs. And boy, I'm tired and old and washed. So after the car was over, I went to sleep. But <laughs> um, yeah, Stokes Stokes' homie Chris, who was a part of the backyard fight league, uh, he took them backyard skills into the cage and he beat an Olympian. Hey, I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. So um, yeah, shout out to, to, to Stokes' friend Chris Innocencio. Uh, I don't know what he did to Boris. I didn't get to watch the fight, but he, he went out there and got the W. So, yeah, Bellator 220 overall well, actually was a really good card from top to bottom. Bodies caught on the prelims left and right, so much violence, and then the main card just kind of continued that. And then the main event, as bizarre as it was, <laughs> was still just entertaining to watch. It was a Bell- one of the better Bellator cards. Right, um, and like it. The next two cards are interesting. Like, the next one I won't call good, but it's interesting. Like, the Newcastle card that I think is just going to be streamed on their app and available for uh, all the fans over there in uh, the UK. You know, Brent Primus, Derek Campbell, stuff on it. They're not fighting each other. They're fighting local dudes. Uh, Fabian Edwards, brother of uh, Leon Edwards. You'll see top 10 Walter Waite. Um, and Raymond Daniels is coming back into the MMA. And then they have Saul right. Rogers. And the card after that is probably one of the best cards ever. Uh, Bellator 221, Chandler vs. Pitbull. Oof. Yeah, that's the card with Douglas Lima, Michael Venom Page, AJ McKee Jr. versus Pat Curran, the only real American, Jack Swagger, <laughs> and Taiwan Claxton. Yeah, that's that's going to be a fun card. I cannot wait for Chandler Pitbull. That, that, that is some heat right there, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. Bell, Bell, Bellator, the... Good job. We we make fun of y'all, but that that's that's a card. I mean, that is a that's a card. We can make fun of them because this fight's been like boiling for like three years now. Right. <laughs> but hey, better better late than never. I'll I'll take it. I think they were Three. just waiting for Chandler to win the belt back. Please, MMA gods, don't don't take nobody from that card, man. It is. They got two weeks. Almost there. Almost there. That was that was Bellator two twenty. Awesome card. Definitely go back and watch that. 
lots of violence um, to, to, to go back and watch. Moving on to the main event of the evening, uh, we had UFC, Lord, what, where did this take place? Oh, Fort Lauderdale, or Sunrise. Uh, okay, so it was called the UFC Fight Night Fort Lauderdale, but the actual place it took, like the location of the venue is Sunrise, Florida, which is, it's like when they have like the thing at uh, the Meadowlands, and they're like, this is so-and-so New York City, and then like the Meadowlands are in Jersey. Right. It's it's adjacent. Yeah, they did that. So, yeah. But either who took place in good old good old Florida, headlined by Jacare Souza and Jack Manson, was originally supposed to be Jacare and Romero too, but you know that didn't happen because life isn't fair and we don't get the fights we want. We were also supposed to get Cowboy Oliveira and Leech. But that ended up being Cowboy Oliveira and Mike Perry. But I will not complain. We'll get to that fight eventually. But it was fun. Um, but anywho. I will say, when... Oppor- I feel like the, 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 the theme of tonight is opportunity. Yeah. The best... The best, abil- yeah. the best ability is availability. And, you know, when you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We, we, had, the, we had a few people who I, I, I was going to assume they were the underdog just come up and show out tonight and uh, did the damn thing. Yeah. And, well, well yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just start with the main event. Jack Hermanson, Jack Ray Souza. Um, Jack Hermanson. Uh, take, we just start off with the, the freaking, the, the result. Jack Hermanson beat Jack Ray Souza. Yeah, by a unanimous decision, and th- it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't like oh, J- there was a split decision and Jacare should have won, or oh, I don't know what the judges were watching. Like no, it was a clear, I- decisive yeah. victory for Jack Hermanson in a competitive fight. Um, and it was hard for me to watch because Jacare is like one of my favorite. Like he's one of the few guys who like I, I pretty much root for him no matter who he's fighting. But even after this fight was over, I was like, man, I, I can't even really be mad at Jack because he, he really did just come in here and just kind of show out. Like, man, Jack Jack has just kind of come out of nowhere. and I feel bad dude, for making fun of him two weeks ago. Right. <laughs> like, Jack, Jack low-key the real deal out here, man. There's a man who three years ago got submitted by Cesar Ferreira. And now he's beating Dave Branch and Jacare Sosa. But Thiago Santos might be the best thing for your career because then you go on to beat people and like fight for titles. And <laughs> That's where Dave Branch went wrong. You should have let him knock him out. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Jack Hermanson came in here and, boy, just really – I can't say great on his feet, like he. It, but I will like. I'll say in terms of like, style of striking that we don't see often, which is literally just quick, short combination punching. Yeah. Where like you're you're obviously not throwing like a hundred percent into each one of your punches, but like you're you're landing and 
the other guys coming forward, so it just it doubles the effect. And Jack Hermanson, just masterclass of that on Souza tonight, because good God. And he he caught Souza with there were some good combinations he was catching. Like he said, with them the short just there was one moment. I think it was one of the moments where he I don't know if he had rocks over to just kind of stumbled him. He hit with a nice little quick inside like three four piece. <laughs> like, yeah, I, that's the one he dropped him on the four piece combination. Yeah, he just it was like Jacare was trying to unload for the you know he's gonna hit you with like a really heavy hook or just a really hard one too. And Jack is trying to, he's giving you, not like a, I, I won't even call it a pity pat shot. Because they it, they have some sting on them, but like you said, it's not a full-blown, maybe it's like an 80% hit. It's not, like I'm it's not, not what Jacare was doing. Right, exactly, exactly. And it just kept working. Like, Jacare goes for these really hard hits, and he did land some of them. But for every one Jacare landed, Hermanson catch you with a three-piece here, a four-piece there. You know, getting in and out, just... And always active, always moving around, just not, you know, trying not to be a standing target. And th- there was a moment, but in the first two rounds, it was like, oh my God, like Jack is about to just run away with this fight. And then uh, I thought Jacare did a good job. I-, I can't remember if it was the third or the fourth where he started uh, landing a lot of good body shots. It was, yeah, that was a round. Yeah. And he was landing them hard, like, and I was like, oh, man, like, if he if he can keep landing these, he might be able to slow Hermanson down and maybe he can, you know, climb his way back into this fight. And, I mean, Jacare did have moments, like, he landed a lot of good body shots. He definitely caught Hermanson a couple of good times, but he could never, he, he could never dominate for but so long. Like, and, Hermanson always had an answer. Oh, speaking right. of Dragon Sleeper, man, like freaking, what's his name? He almost hit one. Uh, Jack, uh, Jack Ray. Oh, uh, you were talking about. Um, he dropped him, went for the guillotine. Jack Ray went like, uh, back to the mat. And he had him in the Dragon Sleeper. He let it go. If Jack Ray, I mean, if if Hermanson would have choked Jack Ray out, I might have just. There might not be a podcast. Uh... <laughs> the SoundCloud page just would have been like a stop sign. <laughs> or like under construction. We just would have never came back. But man, yeah, Hermanson, man, he... It was one of those performances where like I wanted to really hate on him. It's like, man, you beat like one of my favorite fighters. But it was such a good performance that I'm like, I, I can't even... I can't be mad. Like, he he put himself in good position after the David Branch win, or I I can't even say after that. He's been in good position this whole time because he's just been winning. Like yeah, it's like a four or five fight win streak for him now. Yeah, so he's he's been winning. He's been active. He's been available, and when he gets the call to you know have the big moment because the Dave Branch fight that was a big one too. He answers the call every time, and in this fight I thought like oh man this this might be a too big of a leap like he might not be, you know. I didn't think, like, on the feet, he was going to just do this. Like, <laughs> so light and just so quick with those combos. Like, and, and my favorite thing, just the wrestling. He refused to be afraid of Jacare's guard. And, like, we've said, when was the last time you saw Jacare use his guard in an MMA fight? Yeah, very, very rarely. Right? Like, it was probably like the Yoel Romero fight where he spent 
that entire time just getting bombed on by Romero. So like, I, I really respect him for just being like, yeah, no, I'm going to take you down and go where I'm strong, even though you're supposed to be stronger there because it'll mess up your rhythm and I'll be able to land literally a hundred shots from the top. Because he, he landed like a hundred shots in that second round. Yeah, he was... Something crazy like that. He was super active. Like, <laughs> really active, really efficient. And like you said, for any time Jockery hit him with something, he had an answer for it. Uh, anytime, um, like, he'd cat, like, he would land something flush and Jockery would try to duck out to his left or right, Hermanson would just follow up with a quick flurry and then back off. Like, he hit, he hit the corner, too. Back, uh, like, throw, like, a three-piece and then back off. And then, like, it, so it ends up being, like, he lands, like, five punches in the span of, like, four seconds. It's, like, it's super impressive stuff. And it was wild to watch because I remember in the Jacare Wyben fight, like, like, man, Jacare got hands. He out here, IBF world champ out here. <laughs> like, yeah, he's he out here boxing Wyben. Uh, well, I ain't gonna say it because Wyben to me looked really good in that fight, too. So I'm thinking, like, all right. This, this, he... this is like if Weidman was able to keep up that pace and had mixed in more of his own wrestling. Right. What what could have happened? What, what yeah, because, like, the, the problem... And, and Jocko had the same issue. Uh, not Jocko. I can't I call him Jocko. Hermanson had the same issue where, like, okay, I took my foot off the gas and, like, I stayed in front of him for too long and he started hitting me with body shots and that opened up my head. Like... For Weidman, it was just he got tired, and he just started staying in front of like he was just easier to cut off. Like Hermanson did a better job of just staying on his toes and moving out the way, except for like the third and fifth round where Jockery just got off whatever he wanted. Yeah, it was, yeah. Jockery had had moments, but it was just like. Hermanson did so good in the first half of the fight that <laughs> it was like, it's too little too late at, at this point. Unless you can manage to just get a finish because he's kind of just boxing you up and just dancing around you. And you can't match the volume. And it's just, yeah. One of them performances that you just kind of have to tilt your hat to to Hermanson. Like, I love Jacare like the, the next man. but in Swedish MMA history. Mm. Take that, Alexander Gustafson. <laughs> man, yeah, Her- Hermanson, he he showed out, man. He you got you got to put him up there now. You gotta. He's a top gotta, five middleweight. Yep, can't argue. Gotta gotta throw his name up there. Might not be the flashiest. Might not, you know, be the be the biggest personality, but hey, man, skill skill for skill. These last two wins to really, really proved it. I ain't saying the man's gonna win a belt or anything like that, but he he's deserving of of having his name mentioned. Yeah, so I, I want to see him fight um Gaslam because Gaslam has a a similarish style to Jacare, except he's a little bit more um aggressive. No, yeah, but not aggressive as in like he he he. Jacare likes to march forward and stuff, but he likes to counter more. He he really likes countering with the hook or the um. That overhand right, like Kelvin Gaston will just throw. Yeah, he'll just go in. Yeah, he'll just go in throw hands. Yeah, so like I, I really be interested in seeing how his style plays off of uh, like a switch up with a similar style, uh, a similar 
approach from a, the, the opponent, so. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, but great, great win for Hermanson, man. That was a, yeah, just, yeah, I just got to tilt my hat. Uh, that was a, <laughs> you want to, you want to show out, make a name for yourself. That's how you do it for five rounds. He did everything but get a finish. Just, you put yourself in the year convention, man. Yeah. There's a dude who so. fought literally like a month ago. And, I don't know, who knows, we might see him again <laughs> by, by the end of this year. <laughs> Home card coming up. Yeah, I mean probably. that's three, what three months away. Yeah, throw him on that. Two months away, like yeah. Get him a, see if you can get him another name, another you know, top ten middleweight he can fight, and he, he wins that. We we because very well twenty twenty, <laughs> Manson and a title fight or like a at least like a contender eliminator or something like that. If he if he keeps this up, so shout out to Jack Manson. Awesome five round performance. He won unanimous decision um, against Jacare Souza. Uh, the co-main event, which I actually did not watch because uh, the Bendo fight was on, and if I got to pick between Bendo versus Piccolati and Greg Hardy versus Dimitri Smolikov, 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 yeah, they cut and literally resigned just so Greg Hardy could have somebody he was able to beat. Yeah, because Dimitri lost to Cyril Asker and who, who else? I forgot. His UFC tenure was not good. It was embarrassingly not good. Yeah. Like, I'd like to point out the, the best win on his record is over a guy who's 5-2. and two, And prior to that, it was over a guy who's 1-0. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, but, um, oh, here it is. Uh, he lost to Luis Enrique as well. Yeah, so he uh, yeah, we 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 kind of know what this was. They bought in Dimitri to get uh, you know. My favorite part of this fight, which I hated completely, utterly, from the moment they announced it, was the pre-fight thing where they have Greg Hardy hitting pads at like ATT, and Dimitri Smolyakov just like shadow boxing in the bar in a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Was it me or did Dimitri? <laughs> this has nothing to do with the fight. His body composition is really strange. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like in shape, but he's fat, but he's muscular at like the same time. And then his head is not proportionate. That, that is a, a in shape body. <laughs> right, like it's weird. It was real. <laughs> it, was, it was so I could the whole time the fight was going I was like why does he look like that he, is, like, he has abs but he's fat right and the thing he has like defined abs but he's fat and then he's fat but his arms are still muscular but he's in shape but he's a dad like it's it's, it's, it's so weird <laughs> like guys if you if you if you want to laugh along, and you'll, I swear you'll understand it. If you saw this fight, you know you have to know what I'm talking about. He has the, one of the weirdest body compositions I've ever seen on a human. That, it does not make sense. Dad weight, bro. <laughs> but it's like dad it's weight. like divorced dad weight. But now he's finding himself and he's starting to work out again. <laughs> <laughs> he's also probably taking steroids. Let's be real. Well, it didn't work. <laughs> I, I have no like comment said, on the actual fight, by the way. But, but my only comment is fuck Greg Hardy. 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch it. The Bendo fight was on, and it was like a much I said, better fight. Yes, if I'm picking between Bendo and Greg Hardy, Bendo wins ten times out of ten, um, and that's just kind of what that is. Um, so Greg Hardy uh, won via TKO, but I, I didn't see it. He is still and, a bad fighter. Yeah, like, and I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on this because uh, we still got a lot of other <laughs> fights to cover, but. This is going to blow up in the UFC's face eventually. Like, you... When you have to go... What was the, I forgot the name of the first guy that he fought. I can't remember his name. Something Allen, I think? Asker? Not Asker. Um, Allen Crowder? Yeah. To, and Allen Crowder himself, no disrespect to him. Not, a, not like a top heavyweight by any stretch of the imagination. If you struggled with Allen Crowder... Who probably was gonna go on to win that fight if we're all being honest, had the fight not ended the way it did. They had to bring in Dimitri, a guy who is bad. Like we said. Yes. <laughs> you, you and the thing is like Crowder is not in terms of competition, like it's not like Crowder's some world beater. So they had to really dig deep to find somebody that you could just kind of have your way with. That's not good. Like, that's not good at all. Are they just going to do this for, like, the next three years of his career and hope that he, like, turns out to be good? Oh, yeah. That that's what I'm like. I, that's what I'm like. This is, this is going to blow up eventually because the second if – you, if you struggled with an Allen Crowder, like, what are you going to do when you even fight, like, I don't know. can take a punch. Right. Any heavyweight, just any heavyweight. And that's, and that's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, Hardy might actually hit really super hard, even like it's really hard for heavyweight, and he might be super athletic. The bottom rung of like the UFC heavyweights who deserve to be there, who make their living like on the hard shit. Right. And, you know, if they can manage to get you out the first round, you know, right. and slow you down a little bit, now you're in one of those ugly. <laughs> the heavyweight fights we don't want to see where dudes are just kind of slopping around the cage and this is kind of one of those like J- like Jadazino Rosenstruck it would not surprise <laughs> me if he just went out there and was able to knock Hardy out in like the second round and here's the thing and I'll, I'll leave this out here because this, this could be a whole yeah, discussion yeah, um, like the Greg, the Greg Hardy thing is just I, like I get, I get why he's there. I get it. It's a name, blah blah blah, so on and so forth. I get it. My 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 main problem, other than the obvious, is like this guy should not be, this should not be in in, in a co-main event. To me, co-main event says you're either a champion or you're somebody we think really highly of, and you're gonna be somebody. But like you've kind of shown that you deserve to be here, and he's getting co-mains like straight out the gate, and it's not like he's had impressive performances that are like, all right, he's. He's must see TV or yeah, like if he was buried on the prelims and worked his way up. All right then, whatever, whatever, whatever. Co-main events out the gate, like come on, bro. They, like they're handing everything to him. Like Greg Hardy, these next two fights that we're about to come, next three actually, <laughs> we're more worthy of a co-main. Like, we got Greg Hardy in a co-main over Mike Perry, Cowboy Oliveira, Glover Teixeira, Ian Kudalaba, John Lineker, and Corey Sanhagen. 
I don't, I don't know what else to say. I'll leave that at that. But he won via TKO first round. It is what it is. Next fight, moving down the ladder, Mike Perry versus Alex Oliveira. You see these two names match up. You have an idea of how this fight goes, and I'm pretty sure whatever you imagined is pretty much what happened. I'll say the only thing in this fight that caught me by surprise was that nobody got finished. I actually was expecting that this would not go all three, that eventually at some point one of these guys just wouldn't just wouldn't even just be able to stand anymore. Like <laughs> I, I really thought, like my my thought was into this fight. Like Alex Alex Oliveira was probably gonna get knocked out, and I'm kind of surprised he made it all three rounds, too. Um, yeah, it was probably the fact that he hurt his foot, and he just wasn't able to be as wild and reckless as he wanted to be. It, like didn't have to like pop it back in in the corner. Yeah, something like that. He, yeah. he was like they asked him if it was broken, and he said, "Yeah, it's broken." It, yeah. Before we get to, like, talking about the fight, can we talk about my favorite Alex Oliveira fight, uh, like, facts? Like, the the man was homeless before he got to the UFC, and then he took the UFC money and bought his mom a house. The, 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 the grenade incident from Christmas, where he was at, like, a gas station, and, like, his family member got into a fight with some local thugs. And I say they were thugs because they had grenades, machetes, and, like, actual like weapons on them when this conversation happened and then they threw a grenade at him and he spent Christmas Day in the hospital getting shrapnel removed from him. Um he wasn't he was an actual real life like rodeo bullfighter dude. And also he has like seven baby mothers. <laughs> I was waiting for you to get they they all live in the same town and three of them live on the same street. Yeah, he he is a fascinating. Uh... This man is a real life cowboy, and no matter what becomes of his UFC career, we need like a movie or something. Yeah, he's just one of those guys that you just you have to be a fan. Like, like he is. Like remember his when story people's is... memoirs are getting turned into movies and shit, like left and right, like uh, the the um, the what was it, the million little lies or whatever it's called, the the Oprah book that turned out to be fake. Yeah, we need the cowboy. Uh... Yeah, we need the cowboy version of that, but it's all real. Right. It's all crazy <laughs> as shit. Like I said, man, listen, now that the UFC is on ESPN, we need to get these 30 for 30s rolling, man. Dude, like, like, if that's the stuff we know, imagine all the shit we don't know. Like, what was this man's childhood like? He grew up to be like this. How did he become a... Right. <laughs> Yeah, he he is a he he's a character like a real life character, and it, it but it makes all the sense. It transfers into the way he fights. Like <laughs> if for some reason you hear all this crazy stuff about his backstory, and then I watch him fight, I'm like, I can see it. It all it all makes sense. It's it's you know it it adds up. But yeah, th- this fight was as fun as you thought it would be. Um, all action, hands being thrown. People getting knocked down. Mike Perry out of nowhere picked up Oliveira and just like threw him in the air. I don't even know how that happened, but it did. <laughs> yeah, these dudes were just kind of going at. I-, I will say though, um, I- I'll give Perry some credit. You know, as, as action packed as this fight was, and as many hands and feet and everything that was being thrown, um, I-, I do feel like in like the last couple of fights, like Perry, I think 
I guess just compared to his previous performances, like he's been fighting smarter. Like he he's still wild, but he's not. I felt like in the first like two three times we saw him, he was literally just move forward, punch 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 punch. All right, I won. Yeah. Or I lost, but whatever. I feel like now, because I noticed in like the second and third, he was countering Oliveira a good number of times. Like he he was being a lot more patient. He was still violent, but it was a little more like reeled in and controlled. Yeah. Um. There were like small adjustments. Like he he's not just flinging himself at his opponent anymore. That 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 the second round where he got on top of Oliveira and just proceeded to like land like short elbows and left hands. Um, along the cage, um, that that's something I think like he would have gone hard for the finish back in the past. Um, like I, I, he still eats too much damage for me to be like okay, he's making all the improvements he needs to be making right now. But like he, they're, they're doing something with him, which is better than just having him burn out way too quickly. Um, yeah, um, no, no, I, I hope Cowboy splits all right, because he, he, like, he went out there and fought, like, two rounds on it with it being broken. Yeah, and it's crazy that he, like I said, broken foot, and he's still out here just, <laughs> just, just gunslinging, like, just, just going for it, but yeah, I, I think... That 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 pace it, to me, well, it probably was a lot of the foot, but I just felt like in the later half he he just wasn't. It, it looked like he was getting a little tired. He was, like I said, probably out there just surviving on one foot, trying to keep the adrenaline flowing and trying not to forget that oh my foot is like broken. I need to try not to think about it. But no, nah, this fight was everything you thought it would be. Just lots of violent fun. Just really surprised. And I had the same feeling about Sanhagen and Lineker, which we'll get to in a little bit. But just surprised that the amount of violence you knew was going to come for this fight, it did not end in the finish. Right. But there, but you got everything else. There were knockdowns, hands, feet. Like I said, that, <laughs> Perry picking him up and throwing him. I didn't even know how that happened, but he just he just threw him. Um, like, for all their faults, both of these dudes are just ridiculous athletes at 170. Yeah. Like, crazy mix of, like, quick twitch, like, muscle memory and just pure power. You just, you hope hope at the end of their careers that, like, they still have, like, functioning brain cells. (laughs) There's no way in hell Cowboy will. (laughs) Because they they take as much damage as they can dish out, they take it. And it's like, ugh. I I hope you'll be okay when you're about 43. But, nah, man, the awesome fight. Uh, lived up to the hype. Go back and watch that if you didn't. Uh, so, congrats to Mike Perry. He uh, won a unanimous decision uh, over Cowboy Oliveira. Moving down, back to 205. Glover Teixeira, Ian Kudalaba. Boy, did this fight put a smile on my face. So, right before the fight, I posted on Tumblr, I think Ian Kudalaba could and should win this fight. But I also see him just throwing it away on some dumb shit. And he threw it away on some dumb shit. Because <laughs> he's a I, dick. And he's 
not very smart. A young, a young man was humbled. Man, you thought he was... You can't humble young Kutalaba, man. Like, this is just who he is. He thought he was going to come on Glover's lawn with all that noise. And he did for a little bit. But uh, Glover kicked him off the lawn. He got him out of here. Uh, I mean, Kutalaba started off good, bouncing around, landed a lot of good shots. Hit Glover with some good power shots. Hit him with Saw a Glover. spinning back elbow or right. power uh, back fist. Knocked him down. Had some ground and pound. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Well, well I, I, I feel like the turning point of this fight was when Glover got knocked down. And instead of like throwing an uppercut or, you know, bridging, <laughs> what, what does Jan Kutalaba do, Sensei? What, what does he do? You know, proud rules. <laughs> Proud rules. That's, that's still a thing, right? <laughs> and he did it like twice in the fight. Yeah. Like he he tried to knee Glover's head off while Glover was clearly grounded. Then he, I think the other, he tried to kick him. I think the other time yeah, he like it, went it, for a blatant head kick, like a blatant crescent head kick, while Glover was down on his knee, and the referee. Can we talk about the referee who literally was just there? He looked like some yeah. dude they picked out of the crowd. And he was just like <laughs> a casual observer to all this the, nonsense. And then there was a, I think there was a groin strike at one point. Did that, that ref just, yeah, that ref did not. I mean, I'm glad Glover won because he had to overcome more than just the fight. Like, yeah. he was, <laughs> yeah. It was bad. It was bad. But props, um, props to Glover. Like, like he got tagged. Like, um, after who was it? Um, who the hell did he fight that was just tagging the shit out of him? It, it was after the Gus fight, I think. Oh, that was I was say that was the first fight I thought of. <laughs> but I I, I kind of poked fun at the fact that like uh like Teixeira's chin is just like not great anymore. Like he he can't take a punch. And it's only kind of right. Like, he gets tagged hard once per rat fight that, like, wobbles him. But what he what he lacks in just, like, straight up um, being able to take, like, durability-wise, he, he makes up for it and just being tough as shit. Because mm -hmm. he, he battled back through that. And, like, immediately after that, that knockdown to illegal knee fiasco, you had you and yet Kutalaba in like a standing guillotine situation, and he started landing his own. Uh... Yeah, and, and I actually, I actually felt God. weirdly, I felt okay thinking that Glover was gonna win after that flurry because I was like, oh, he survived it, and I just look, you looked at Kutalaba, and I was like, oh, he he might have, uh, he might. Dude, as soon as as soon as like the. The two, or the one or two minute mark hit in like the first round, he was tired. Yeah, he was tired. <laughs> that that all that all that bouncing and movement that was for the first half of the fight. Oh yeah, he had, he didn't have any of that anymore. Like he he was still you still had to be wary of the shots because he was still throwing power shots, but you could just tell by the body language like he looked like he was fading. And Glover, you know, albeit he took a lot of damage, he was still moving. He was still in it. And I was like, Glover just needs to catch him one good, you know, good time. He he could still just come back and get him out of there. And the last, <laughs> the finishing sequence was kind of funny because when Kudalaba fell, 
he did not like really try to get I, I felt like there was like a second gap where he just kind of sat there like he got put on the ground and he just didn't move and Glover just kind of laid on him dude he just like, like he goes for the standing knee in the clinch and then Glover just pushes him down right but he just stays there yeah like he didn't immediately try to like shoot back up or roll or he just literally just all right, I guess this is what happened. Like, I'm just gonna sit here. I, I think it was it just I think he was just shocked that he he got pushed over. Hey man, that old man strength. Yeah. <laughs> and then Glover literally after he pushes over, just glides into Mel. Yeah, and once he got on the ground, when you saw the way Glover was moving, it was like, oh no, this is over. Like <laughs> Glover. Glover's got this. He he he's got this. Yeah. And uh yeah, Glover's a crafty dude on the ground, man. Like he has a pretty good overall skill set even at his his age. He's still a lot of experience. Um got Kudalaba on the ground and choked him out. Kicked the old kid off, kicked the youngin off the lawn. Um so Kudalaba, stop talking trash, respect your elders. Or at least he probably will. smarter. God damn. It's always good when Glover lives to fight another day. Sure. It's just a good, it's a good feel good, it's a good feel good moment. So, uh, congrats to Glover. Had to overcome some adversity, but uh, he uh, he comes back to kick the old guy off, kick the young guy off the line. Hey, so it's two in a row. Do you give him John Jones? Hey man, uh, Glover's what forty, almost forty. Yeah, the man ain't getting no young. Good, give him a title. Thirty-nine. <laughs> yeah, after Tiago Santos, Glover Jones. Yeah, just because, just because. Moving on to another fight that I was really looking forward to. To me, this should have been the co-main event. Uh, going down to bantamweight, Corey Sanhagen versus John Lineker. Um, for for people who are not familiar with Sanhagen, um, I, I watched him in LFA, and I was like, ooh, this guy is fun. Just action craziness <laughs> and ever since he's been in the ufc he, he's been doing the same things he did in lfa just he he's a lot more though I'll, I'll say he's a lot more talented than i, I, I thought like I, he's always been like fun to watch just on basically just strictly on like an entertainment aspect but dude is really talented um for one just surviving a lineker fight is a victory in and of itself like not getting finished um, but I like this, like a lot of footwork he uses, a lot of movement, um, like, like kind of what we mentioned with Hermanson, like he's not like a one shot knock you out kind of guy, but he can give you a lot of good combinations, a couple touching goes, one, two here and there, one, two, three here and there still had to be worried of Lineker cause boy Lineker get them, uh, them hooks going and boy, if your defense ain't on point or, you know. It, it, it's a game of inches that you catch you one clean time, it might be over. Yeah. But I thought Sanhagen did a good job of using footwork, having good enough defense to not get caught too many times. I mean, he did eat some shots, and yeah, and Lineker body shots are just goddamn. yeah. Like he he yeah he got hit a good number of times, and them body shots that Lineker lands like it's just hard to fathom that a human can hit so hard. <laughs> like, it's just. It's it's unreal and props to Sanhagen because for somebody who, if I'm fighting a guy like Lineker, 
and I throw a punch, and he fires back, and he hits like a thousand times harder than I do, I'm probably not too interested in trying to just trade with you. And Sanhagen was able to like trade and not get his head taken off. Um, just using a lot of footwork, you know. Like I said, he he did eat some shots, so apparently he's got a good chin. But the, yeah, this fight was just really fun. It was really tense because I kept thinking the whole fight, like, all right, Sanhagen still might get caught, and he managed to not get caught. Um, they get but it was on in that third round, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the blood. The nose. Was that a, was that where the blood came from? I don't even know. Yeah, where he's, like, getting his freaking... Like, like, he's just leaking out the nose as uh, Lineker has a guillotine on him in the, with the, yeah. the fight, like, seconds away from being over. Yeah, that's that was that. Yeah. Very reminiscent of the Rick story incident, mm-hmm. where, like, he's getting choked, and then blood just starts <laughs> streaming out of nowhere. Like the, oh. the story for this was like Sanhagen's really disciplined, but this was a very disciplined performance. Like he, he like Sanhagen's a dude that kind of affiliate with like chaos, like a like a bit like O'Malley, like where uh, what was it the Yuri Alcantara fight, where you know he goes out there, did he get dropped? Is that what happened? Damn, it's, yeah, he gets like dropped and has to recover and get like to finish the. Uh, oh yeah, 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 that was that fight. Yep. Yeah, so like I, I always like, like, I always um, especially early in these their careers, I always associate these like movement first guys with like chaos, especially when they throw like, they they'll throw five punches at once and then they'll like hit um, like a couple like, um, shifts in there, but this is just a really disciplined performance, like. He knew where Lineker could hurt him, and he did his best to stay out of the situations, and that, that didn't always work. Uh, Lineker took a split decision for a reason. He he landed a good amount, and even prior to that big third round Lineker had, like, if you go back, you can see Sam Higgins' body is just red from all the body shots he had eaten. But he did a really good job of keeping Lineker at, at range with the jab and the, the front kicks, especially to the lead leg. Um... I think on commentary they mentioned that this was Lineker's first training camp at ATT or something like that. Or at least in America. Um, and I'm kind of curious. We didn't see a lot of pressure from him. Um, and that could be because of the size disadvantage. Uh, it could be because he was worried that St. Hagen might take him down. But we, we didn't see like the Lineker who marched down... Uh, John Dotson, like, around the cage. Right. Like, it was much more like, I'm going to wait for him to throw, and then I'm going to counter back off of that with my with my hooks to the body, and then went upstairs. But, um... Yeah, could have been a range, probably a range thing. Yeah. I would. Like, I'm, I'm kind of curious if, if that's something ATT worked on, or, like, if, like, just, like, we're saying here, like, it's just like, oh, okay, uh, San Hagen really just had him uncomfortable in there. But this is a huge win for Sandhagen. Like, Lineker, only fights he lo- fighters he's lost to are Luis Galdano in his first ever UFC fight, um, Ali Bags, um, and freaking TJ Dillashaw, who even after breaking his freaking jaw, still had to survive 30 seconds from hell at the end of that fight. Because Lineker finally got him up along the cage and started railing on him. 
Uh, so like this this is really impressive. Like, go Sanhagen. Um, I hope. I'm saying that's a big fight considering he's only had how many UFC fights? I want to say this is his third or fourth. Yeah, like that's a big that's a big third fight. Like, that's a that's a crazy phone call. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, just terrific performance, terrific use of the jab and just movement in general. Um, yeah, I'm, and I want to say he he's older, right? I think. Sanhagen. Yeah, because I remember them saying like he's he, only he a has, year younger than John Lineker, if I'm remembering right. He's 27. But did he, did he start like MMA late? I don't know. I, I thought I remembered somebody saying something like he, he felt like he wasn't going to be here like too long. Something right. I don't know. Well, he might just retire like, quickly. Like, he might be. He might be one of those dudes like Jimmy Rivera, who's like, "I'm gonna win the title and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna bounce because I want to do this my whole life." Could be. E- either way, he is, He's making the best of his time. Yeah, he is 27. <laughs> um, he's only John Lennox is only 29. Gary, um, he's, yeah, but no, he 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 made the best of this. Absolutely. Um. Uh, okay, he's four and zero in the UFC now. Um. You know, you beat your first top ten opponent. I think everybody ahead of him is booked already. So, I just want to say, Jack, like, wasn't like a blowout playing session. Like, Winneker won a card. Uh, won a card on the one of the judges' scorecards. This was a split decision. I think it was just because he landed with just like I said, he did have he landed a lot and just in terms of just power, like his his hits just <laughs> everything. When he lands, it just like, it right. Sounds like. I don't remember who said it. Someone said when he lands a body shot, it sounds like someone taking a baseball bat to a prime piece of like steak or something. Right. Yeah. It's his nasty. his shots have that kind of effect. It's just, you cringe every time he lands something. Um. But no, yeah. This, this was a really really awesome fight, and like I said, really huge one for Sanhagen. He he's gonna find himself in a lot of fun fights. Um. Because bantamweight, another one of those divisions, especially after beating a guy like Lineker, like. You're pretty much only fighting big names at this point, right? Um, so we'll 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 see how Lineker does, but Thomas Almeida still ranks. Nah. Well, I know all of like the the guys that I rooted for like haven't done anything, and then all of these other bantamweights just kind of came. And it just like I was so hyped for Tom Dukenwa. I don't know where he's been lately. Almeida hurt. had a run, and then we saw how that went. Meanwhile, like, you know, Sanhagen now, he's in that boat. Petter Jan came over, and he's just beating everybody. Like, Petter Jan, the most excited I've been for, like, anybody in, like, a long time. Uh, hey, guys, man. Duke and Wall, where are you at, man? Get back in there. <laughs> I was so hyped for him. I was so hyped for him to come over. Like we, you know, I was too, man. Like you, like he still has so much talent. It's just for a reason. It's just not playing to the UFC bandwagon. The gym, man. I think it's the gym. Like he's trained with Jackson now. Nah, he's got to go, man. I think they're taming him. You gotta let that man fly. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I think that I get it. Like you want him to fight smarter, but I don't know, man. You gotta let that man fly. You gotta let him go. He's at 100%, man. That dude is amazing to watch. But, uh, I don't know. That's that's a whole nother thing. But <laughs> either way, Corey Sanhagen won a split decision over John Lineker and what was a really awesome fight. So go back and watch that if you did not get the chance. 
Uh, the last fight on the main card, uh, Roosevelt Roberts versus Thomas Glifford. Gifford. Um, Roosevelt Roberts has two last names. That's yeah. his name. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very distracting. <laughs> this was a this was a cool uh, cool fight. I honestly don't remember this in much of detail. All I remember is like, boy, Gifford's tough because he he got pieced up a couple of moments, a lot of moments actually. I feel like. And he just kind of kept moving forward. Yeah, he walked like, onto a lot. Yeah, he he ate a couple more than one. Th- he ate various three pieces and kept just kind of like yeah, whatever. <laughs> kept kept pushing forward, but uh, remember uh, Roosevelt being able to take him down a bunch of times. And as, as tough as Gifford was, like he couldn't really. Um, there weren't really too many moments where he was like actually in control. More so, just like he was tough. He would land some good shots, but he didn't have anything super like definitive. Um, I don't know. I don't really have a, really a, a ton to say about this fight, other than Gifford's crazy tough and uh, good on Roosevelt. Yeah, um, uh, Robert's still really green. Like this is this was the appropriate fight for him, uh, just because like so much of his game is based on his wrestling and. He was able to get Giffords down, and like Giffords should be a dude who should test his ground game. Cause it, like he, he, his gra- like his grappling's not very good. Like he was able to do some stuff here because Gifford is. I don't want to say he's not. Like, Gifford's more scrapped than he is technique. On the ground, on the feet, like, but like these are the he's the type of opponent who gives, like, a prospect his loss after, like, oh, I'm getting my ass beat for, like, four minutes, and then I hit a heel hook, and then you have a heel, you have a loss on your record all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Mm. And Roberts was able to avoid that, so that's a good sign. Um, You know, er- everything's going to come along so with him. I think he's going to be, like, a long-term, pro- like, I don't think, he's not going to be, like, a core, he's not going to be, like, Corey Sanhagen, who's beating, like, a top 10 dude in his 12th fight in, the, in, in MMA. Like, Roberts right. is, like probably like three or four years away from being that dude. Yeah. You yeah. want to you, <laughs> you want to say bring him along slowly, but he's that lightweight. I mean, and, they uh, find they found Gifford for him. Like, give him some other dude who was like on a like I was gonna say a, a, in a way contender series or exact, but somebody from the contender series or just a regional, some other like regional prospect maybe, uh, and see what he can do, but. Good, good performance on him. I like the three pieces, so keep that up. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that was the main card, which was pretty fun. Lots of good violence. Like I said, I was surprised that a lot of these fights didn't end in finishes, as violent as they were. But um, no, nah, but really solid main card pretty much from, from top to bottom. You got a lot of good performances, a lot of good moments, and a main event that just I don't think any of us really expected. <laughs> but it was it was it was something to watch. It was just a really really great performance from Hermanson. So that was the main card. Um, kind of want to breeze through these prelims due to time. Oh yeah, we've been um, but, it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so we'll we'll run through these real quick. I mean, to be honest, some of these don't really have like a ton to really uh, talk about. But uh, moving on to the ESPN prelims, uh, we had Takashi Sato versus Ben Saunders. Uh, story of this fight, Ben looked good in the first round. Not a lot of nice knees in the clinch. Using his range because he's like just super long and lanky. Uh, landed some good shots. 
Then in the second round, got caught with a straight. Sano decided to actually throw a punch. Right. <laughs> he, he threw a straight, put Saunders out. Um, that was it. Yeah. That was uh, yeah. how the cookie crumbled. It was a, it was a nice, um, because, like, Sado threw the left hand after, like, clearing Saunders' guard with his right hand, and that was really neat. Um, but, like, yeah, no, it's, it's just sad. I, I don't need to see Saunders play anymore. Yeah. At this point, yeah, he, yeah, he's one of those guys who's really been in the sport for a while. Um, yeah, it's getting to the point where, like, when he gets knocked out now, it's just kind of like, uh, this, ugh. you get like, you, you feel bad. Why are you putting like, me through this, Ben? Right. And then they did, like, he was the feature, like, on the prelims. But, just shows you how much they like him. Yeah. Probably a nice guy, but. Yeah, I, I don't want to see him get hurt anymore. But props to Sato. Uh, good good TKO stoppage. Moving down to heavyweight. Gusto Sakai versus Andre Ovlowski. I thought Ovlowski won this fight. Same. Um, I didn't think this was actually really a debate. I didn't think it was. I didn't think this was even close enough to be considered a split decision. It was pretty much a heavyweight kickboxing match in which I thought Orlowski landed more, had better movement, and was just... Because it felt like a lot of this fight, Augusto Sakai was moving forward, but he wasn't really, like, doing anything. I, I don't know. Judges saw something else. Uh, Augusto Sakai wins via split decision. Heavyweight MMA, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but, I, I, I don't even have a lot to say about this one. I uh, can talk about anything. <laughs> Next fight, Carlos Barza, Grana Jandaruba, or I, I forgot how Anik was saying it. I don't know if I'm saying it wrong or he's saying it right. I don't, I don't know. But anywho, um, I was looking forward to this fight to see how uh, Vienna would do on her debut coming over from Invicta. Uh, she was the strawweight champ over there. Uh, as Joy would say, how I say, the fight was a lot of wrestling. Uh, <laughs> Like, that was pretty much it. Like it's not. <laughs> it was a really good. I, I enjoyed it. No, it was a good. It was a good. Yeah, it was a good fight. Like I'm, I'm not gonna say it was, you know, it was trash or anything. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of, lot of, lot of wrestling. I'm always, Sparza is always interesting because I just feel like she's like really small. Like she, I don't know, maybe it's just me. She looks like small. I'm gonna say for the weight class, but yeah, no, she is tiny. Yeah, she she's a little she's a little person, <laughs> but she, like she makes it work. And apparently, I think she mentioned that she's been doing um. Like, in between fights, she does, like, a lot of strength and conditioning because she knows, like, she gives up a lot of size. So she's trying to get her strength up to kind of, you know, negate that or offset a little bit. I mean, and it seemed to work. Like, she was able to get Jandaroba down. They had a, not, a lot of just, you know, nice grappling exchanges. If you like grappling, this will be a fight for you. If not, uh, maybe not so much. Carlos call, on a win streak, right? Uh, I want to say this is a second win. Oh. No, no, she just lost to Tatiana Suarez. Oh, oh, ooh, yeah, that, that did happen. That did happen. But uh, good, good, good one on uh Sparta. So she won via uh, unanimous decision. Uh, the last fight that was on the ESPN prelims, uh, Gilbert Burns versus Mike Davis. I actually don't have anything to say about this one because I didn't see it. Ah, oh, you you missed a good one. All right, this this was good. 
I, I saw people talking about Mike Davis before this fight. I'm not sure what other organization he fought in. I can't remember. But I had a couple people on my timeline who knew who he was. Um, so I was interested just off of that fact. That and uh, I like Gilbert Burns. I feel like he's been he's been really like coming into his own as of late. I feel like his game is becoming a lot more well-rounded. Um, but no, nah, this, this was a fun a fun match. Um, two dudes who just, they, they were going back and forth. I thought Gilbert played it smart. He didn't allow himself to get thrown into a brawl, even though his striking has been improving. And I felt like that could have been a setup. Like a lot of times, you know, guys get better at striking and then they just want to throw hands. Yeah. I felt like he, <laughs> he almost like got caught in that, but he stopped himself. He went back to what he was good at. Um, got Davis down. Renee choke in the second round, got him out of there. But no, it was a fun fight um, and good showing for for Davis. That's uh, you know Gilbert Burns isn't even I don't I don't even think he's a ranked lightweight, but that's a tough debut to have as like your first fight. Um, and I, I thought he did he did decent. Clearly though, when they got to the ground, you, you saw clearly who was better. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing Davis fight again, um, maybe against uh, somebody who, you know, a, a little less of a name, somebody like more around his like experience level, but. Good one for Burns. That was an entertaining fight at lightweight. And then moving on to the ESPN2 prelims. So it's like fight pass prelims is not a thing anymore. I didn't, I didn't, did we get fight pass prelims this year for something? I think, we, I think we did at one point. It is weird. Like, every time they were on ESPN2, I'm always puzzled. Like, <laughs> like why is it on ESPN2? But uh, yeah, Jim Miller versus Jason Gonzalez. <laughs> did you see this fight? Uh, no. This is the other okay. one I didn't get to see. Uh, so you did? Did you see how Jim Miller looked? No. Somebody, somebody on Twitter called him a uh, Jim Bisbing. <laughs> so his hair has grown out a little bit, and yeah, he's got like the commentator hair. It's weird. <laughs> his his look is a little is a little different now. But um, you want right? That is true. That is true. Jim Miller, um, man, he's been doing this shit forever. Oh, wait, here he is. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> you know, you throw a suit on him and he fits the part. But, like, fighting-wise, it just looks really weird to, like, fight with that look. Like, it just, it looks, <laughs> it looks strange. But not, like, he, as old as Jim Miller is, as long as he's been fighting for he still like goes out there and beats up the young guys. That's what happens when you're sound, man. When you, yeah. when you know your game. Like I mean, he we, knows we say that but he's like two and five in his last seven. <laughs> uh, I tried. I tried to guess, <laughs> but I mean, but like, the dudes he lost to were like Pettis, Poirier, Trinaldo, Hooker, and the Bronx. Like that's not fair. So yeah, but if you, if you throw him against there against a guy who's not a name like those, you know, people you just listed, he probably beats them nine times out of ten. Like, he knows what he's good at. His striking has improved, so, like, you kind of have to respect it now. It's not, like, world-class or anything, but, you know, you you, you have to at least, you, you got to respect what he can do. Um, and then, it, you know, you already know, he gets you on the ground. You're you're in worlds of trouble. And uh, he got Jason out of there with a rear naked choke. And uh, goes on to get the win. So, shout-out to Jim Miller. Still out here, you know, another 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 old guy kicking the youngins off the lawn every so often. 
And uh, moving on to women's strawweight, Angela Hill stepping in on short notice to fight Jody Escobar. Um, poor Jody just tried to get in range a lot of this fight because she's just like really short, compact. And Hill was just kind of able to do really good at range, pick her apart, pick her shots. She really started getting off in that third round. Um, just a really good job at mixing it up. Just knees and just a lot of good combinations from Hill. Um, good good bounce back for her, uh, considering how her last fight went. Um, you, you saw this one, right? Yeah. Um, Jody Escobar, man, like, I get they need bodies, but, like, I feel like there are other people out there who aren't, like, 4'11", you know? <laughs> like, God bless her, because I actually do enjoy watching her fight, like, when she's fighting somebody, like, her size. And Angela, like, here's the thing, Angela Hill is not a big strawweight. She is on the smaller side, and Escabel just did not have the reach to catch up with her. Like, she was slower than her, and, you know, shorter range than her so like Hill would just tag Escobel and then be out of range as Escobel uh, uh, tried to throw back and it was just like okay we're really doing this yep but, three rounds yeah like, <laughs> hey props to props to Jody who just has been out here trying to make the most of her UFC career but like it, it was this fight or against um what was girl's name uh Volkovich, and then against Jesse Aguilar, it's just like okay. You bring, her. Like, why did they bring this woman in just to gas up people who aren't going to make title runs? And I was going to say her original opponent was Jessica Penne, who's also like long and and lanky. Yeah, like give her a chance, good guy, like. Get Daniel Taylor back. <laughs> Go, Jamie Moyle or Sharon Jacobson. Let her fight her. Like it, it just it just feels it's weird. It, I think that's the best way to put it. It's like weird. Like Escobar, like it should be welcoming in like newcomers, not fighting women who are like borderline top team fighters. In a division one up from where she actually fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's definitely one of the fighters who would benefit from her Adam Wheat. Uh, she wasn't the, was the Adam Wheat division when she was in. in yeah. She did fight at Strawweight a couple times. That's just mainly because she didn't want to do the weight cut anymore. She is a true blue. Wait, she hasn't went over the Adam Wheat champion. Or did you, did you afraid lose the belt yet? No. No. Okay. No. Yeah, so yeah, she hasn't went over the current Adam Wheat champion, Invicta. Like. You know, Angela Hill, who, you know, did, did what she had to do to get the win. It's just, it's just, it's just bizarre matchmaking from what, from expecting to see. But then it was, you know, it was short notice. Like, even uh, then, like her original opponent was supposed to be Jessica Penne, and it's just like, why? Yeah, but, uh, I mean, if we're being honest, she hasn't been doing too great as of late, though. Somebody who probably should stop fighting. For being real. Uh, 
Fuck it off. I'm going to get sad now. <laughs> the last fight on the card. Uh, Diego Lima and uh, Court McGee. Uh, pretty decent uh, scrap between them. Um, Lima, Lima looks look, looks a little a little better than from when I first seen him. Um, I still don't really like know how far he can actually really go. Just kind of feel like he's gonna be just one of those middling welterweights, pretty much. For he'll pop up on cards. He'll be on prelims. I don't really know how much further he'll get than that. I mean, um, it's still a paycheck, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, still a paycheck. More than he was getting knocked by in, like Titan, I guess. Right. <laughs> so, you know, striking as is his look. Uh, like if you want, if you want to, like, freaking, with like five seconds left in this fight, I started typing up like. The, the my post on like oh this is what happened or whatever and I was like oh Court McGee's a guy who got three knockouts and like nineteen wins like if there was anybody Diego Lima was gonna be able to beat in a decision without getting knocked out it would probably be him and it was like five seconds left he gets knocked out <laughs> Court floored him <laughs> yeah so like if he, like I, I don't like I'm like yeah, I don't think he's gonna go far in the UFC but. Hey, at least he's out here getting wins, right? Yeah, that's all that matters. I mean, hey, man. Two in a row just... after dropping your first, like, four or five UFC fights. Can't, can't complain yeah, about how you get it. And he, he's looking better. Like I said, in, in comparison to older performances, he's looking a little a little better. But, hey, man, live the fight another day. I'm I'm all for it. So, congrats to Diego Lima. He got a uh, split decision over Court McGee. That last five seconds was funny, though. I was like, boy, that could have been a disaster if that fight lasted, like, another 15, 20 seconds. Um, but, no, nah, overall, man, this was actually a really good weekend of fights. Um, I mean, there were cards, I think, other promotions that had cards that we didn't even mention, but, like, UFC, Bellator, LFA, Titan, um, I want to say Cage Warriors had a card. One of those Russian promotions, I think, had. There were a lot of good fights going on. There was boxing this weekend, and that got to even talk about that. But um, no, this, this was a really good weekend of fights. Um, so if you if you miss anything, uh, of course for the UFC you can go back and watch it on ESPN Plus. Um, for the Bellator card, you can just go on the app or on the website uh, and go back and watch that. Uh, you can watch Titan FC on Fight Pass. Uh, LFA, if you got Access TV, probably watch that like on demand or replay or something like that. But e- either way, there were a lot of of good fights that happened this weekend. So props to Bellator and the UFC. Uh, both of these cards were actually were pretty good, pretty solid top to bottom. Lots of good performances, um, good knockouts. No complaints from me. Fun, fun weekend of fights. Had Chinese food, made everything better. So I, I had a good time just spending my weekend just while watching fisticuffs. Um, and next week, we'll have Ally Quinta and Donald Cerrone at UFC, uh, what is this, Ottawa? Yes. Uh, also have Derek Brunson and Elias Theodoru, but, you know, Cub Swanson on there, though. It's a good thing. Swanson, Yeah. Rad. It's really versus Brad Katana, good fight, even though Brad Katana has like the hippie the Hitler youth haircut. <laughs> um, 
new heavyweight fighting out of um the Ukraine who beat like Tony Lopez and uh Travis Fulton and Sergey Spizvak. Spiz- they pronounce it. Spock. <laughs> That's how I said it last week. <laughs> uh, tough champion Macy Chieson fighting Sarah Morass. Uh, Faraz Sahabi's brother's back. Eamon, he's fighting Vince Morales. That should be a fun fight. Uh, and Mitch Young is back. And the first he's going to be fighting another Canadian named Cole Smith. Uh, yeah, so like it's going to be fun. It might not be anything of consequence except outside like the main event in that Swanson Burgos fight, but the rest of the card yeah, is fun. Kind of like that card. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before. Like you'll get a lot of fun fights, but there won't be like a ton of substance or like meaningful fights, but it'll be entertaining while you're watching it. Canada's still looking for a guy right now and I it seems is a lot of and that's kinda of sad. Mm. Mm. I mean on that one. <laughs> yeah, if y'all think this is boring. <laughs> Fight in the air. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> we're gonna uh, go ahead. Before before we hop off completely, I'm gonna just mention the Bellator card again next week because I feel, I feel like since we're we, we're here week to week, we should probably mention what's happening in the week that's coming up that people come back. That is true. Bellator card. Champion Brett Primus will be fighting Tim Wilde. Uh, Derek Campos is fighting Pedro Carvalho. Fabian Edwards, Falco Neto Lopez, and kickboxer Raymond Daniels will be fighting uh, Wilker Barros. So Saul Rogers, if you, got, you guys remember him, I believe he's the dude who got kicked off stuff because he couldn't get a visa or something. Um, he's back. He, he's fighting on the prelims over there. And I think there's a one card next week. For Honor, featuring Sam Uh versus Haggerty for the Flyway Muay Thai World Championship. They've definitely had a card named For Honor before. I, I think all the like small shows they do are called For Honor. It's like their version of like the Contender Series, but it's an actual part of one. Uh, Maybe they just don't uh, bother to like number them because who cares? There we go. <laughs> I was going to say, right? <laughs> the only ones we actually pay attention to that. Yeah. And was there, but, oh, yeah. Fuck. What, what the fuck? We, we're going to mention the biggest thing from next week, which is, of course, Canelo. Is Canelo fight next week or am I going crazy? Yeah, it's next the week. Canelo, Canelo, Canelo Jacobs. Jacobs is next week, next Friday or Saturday, my bad. Um, May 4th. The zone, twenty dollars for the month, hundred dollars for the year. Decide if that's worth your time and money. And I think that's it. Yep. So there'll be plenty of fights to talk about. May's gonna be a April going into May's gonna be a pretty busy fight month. So you guys will be hearing a lot from us. But uh, that's pretty much it for today's episode. So before we get out, we will close out with parting shots and shoutouts. Um, I'll just give two quick shout-outs. Uh, shout-outs to the NBA playoffs. My Spurs lost, but it, 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 you know, what can you do? <laughs> but 
no, the playoffs have been like fun this year. And the second round, uh, as I'm recording, Boston and Milwaukee are playing right now. Oh, they are. And then uh, Golden State and Houston play uh, at 3:30. So th- this second round of the playoffs, there are some good matchups. Um, but like literally the two I just named are probably the two I was looking forward to the most. So playoff basketball is about to be really fun. So you should definitely watch. Um, it's it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. The best time for the sport, pretty much. And just shout outs to Marvel, man. Endgame was just amazing. Um, I can't, I can't say more without spoiling. It was just amazing. I had a really great time watching that movie. And for me, I, I'm a person who just, my attention span is terrible. To get me to pay attention to a movie for three hours, and I willingly did it twice, you have to be doing something really good. So shout outs to Marvel. Endgame was just awesome. It was just, it was great. Go see it if you haven't gotten the chance to. Hopefully your theater isn't still sold out because I know that's an issue. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so shout-outs to Marvel, shout-outs to Endgame, and shout-outs to the uh, NBA playoffs. Um, shouts to, um, shit, I literally just thought of the one. Oh, Juan Estrada, we didn't get to talk about this, but Juan Francisco Estrada and uh, um, Sorong Visay. Um, they they had the uh, rematch uh, on Friday, I want to say, uh, April twenty sixth, and so um, Estrada actually ended up taking the decision over uh, Sorong Visay. Um, after uh, unanimous decision, I didn't actually get the chance to see the fight. Um, I had to cancel the zone for the last couple months because you know money. But um, I'm assuming it was a good fight because Estrada. And it's impossible for Estrada to put on a bat fight. The man is just pure action. And you know, Sarovicide, big power puncher, always fun. So, um, you know, check that out. <clears throat> and uh, shouts to um, sh- shouts to what's his face, uh, Reggie, uh, Regis. Advances in the World Boxing Super Series uh, Junior Welterweight Tournament, the 140 Tournament, um, fought a Kirill Relic on Saturday. Ended up taking a TKO win in the sixth round. Same card, um, Stephen Young. Um, so props to that for that. Here on that second uh, career win. So to speak, just knocking people the fuck out titles again. So, props. And that's all, all, folks. So, as always, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to give us a look on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Follow us on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. And you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. And that is all we got for you guys today. And as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later.